find the following disturbing discretion is advised go barflies welcome to the barfly tailgate show you already know it's done by barflies for barflies and all the other bears fans out there merry christmas barflies it's nice to be here talking some bears maybe talk a little bears i don't know but we got a special show for you today we're gonna bring back some guests we're gonna bring in some other uh barroom personalities to to talk about uh, uh the bears christmas new year's all that stuff's coming for you today but first and foremost i gotta introduce my man c-dub from across the pond christopher watts what's good brother how you doing hey merry christmas there c and uh merry christmas to everybody in the chat yeah always good to see you buddy for, for a good uh, sunday afternoon well saturday today the pre-game chat about the bears and uh i hope everybody's having a good christmas i certainly am so, uh, yeah, always a joy to come back on the show, mate. Well, I got to tell everybody that's in the Chicago area, y'all got to come get your weather, man. It's in my backyard. It's drunk. It needs to get – y'all got to come pick this motherfucker up. I'm tired of it. My electricity has been jumping off and on, and I'm having all kinds of issues. My heat was – yesterday we lost power for, like, a few hours, man. It was cold as hell in my house. I'm glad I got a bunch of blankets and all kinds of stuff. But, but we're good over here, though. We're good now. You got to pay the bills, AC. You got to start paying the bills, man. <laughs> man. <laughs> well, speaking of a blast from the past, ladies and gentlemen, I had to put in a special call this week to call my man back up, pull him out of retirement, like come back like Jordan wearing the four or five. My man Ryan Badgley, 
Badge, what's good, brother? What's up? Man, what what an honor to come back to the Barfly Tailgate Show, join you guys for the holiday season. I got my naked Santa uh, Christmas <laughs> sweater on. Just excited uh, for the holiday season, fellas. Um, and to be back with you guys and, you know, just... I mean, this this is great, man. It, I, I love being able to talk to you guys. Yes, we get to interact on social media and stuff, but, uh, I, you know, that's the thing I probably miss the most is these pre-show chats where we're breaking balls and just laughing and telling stupid stories. But uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Barflies. Uh, great to be on with you guys. Talk a little bears. Even though, yes, you can still see all my bear stuff behind me. I'm still a Bears fan. I'm just a little less of a Bears fan. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'm excited we have a quarterback. That's Absolutely. what I'm excited about, fellas. Yeah. And, and if you're even if you're an outsider looking at highlights, you can't sit here and tell me that this kid isn't the future of this organization. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like I've told you guys before, it's difficult for me to get my son into the Bears because, A, the Cincinnati Bengals are an hour away and they're going to Super Bowls and they're really exciting to watch and all this and that. And B, the Bears, they lose a lot. You know, you know. I mean, <laughs> I grew up a Bulls fan partially because Jordan was there. In the 90s, they were dominant. So as a kid, mm-hmm. you, you're like, well, that, this team's winning. Why would I pull for this team that's not winning any balls? There you so, go. Right. See, I mean, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, but I got him up. He'll be opening it in a couple of days. He's got his Justin Fields jersey under the tree right now. Uh, nice. I finally got a quarterback he can believe in, and I'm excited for that for sure. Uh, it's great to have you back, Badge. Man, I miss the hell out of you, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's nice to be back with you guys, man. I, uh, it, it's just, you know, it's 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 different, you know. It's I this this team for the prior 20 years of my life, just I mean, that's all I talked about. It's all I looked at. It's all you know, and and I don't know it it's nice to kind of be away from it. Yes. I'm still a sports fan. I, I still, I still love football, basketball, baseball. Uh, you know, those have always been the sports that I follow and enjoy the most. And, you know, it's just nice to have, uh, just that time. You know, I, you don't think about it, you know, that game is what three, four hours long. Right. And, that's a long, that's a long time to, you know, spend away from, you know, your family wants to do things. Your friends want to do things. Oh, sorry guys. Can't, um, the bears are on, you know, and people work out. Yeah. Yeah. That's except, but man, I have just loved, you know, enjoying Sundays with my wife. Like it's, she's off on Sundays, (laughs) being able to go do things, just the two of us, as, as you guys know, my daughter's in college. So like, and now she's home. So now it's all of us and it, it's just, it would, it was definitely the right decision for me, but I miss you guys. I miss Eldo so much. I miss Bobby bombs. I miss KB. I miss Neil. I miss Danny. I miss Joe. I miss Gaines. I mean, I miss everybody, you know, but <laughs> it's nice to have social media to be able to communicate through and chat with and, and whatnot. And, you know, it's just nice to have, to be able to come back and do this you know, and say hi to everybody. It's fantastic. Yeah, I figured I figured awesome. you'd enjoy coming back on here. Go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say, Badger, I thought, um, I thought AC and myself, we are uh, TV, TV wives. 
Why, why do you need a real one? <laughs> <laughs> well, I could go. I mean, I, I'm I, not. That I'm might not... be better saved for the Dan and Eldo show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm yeah. not going to. Uh, I, I don't think I can step in uh, Mrs. Badge's shoes, to be honest. Uh, that's uh, yeah. Those are some big yeah. shoes to feel. That's <laughs> a, oh, you trust me. She. I'm sure every morning she wakes up and rolls and looks and probably questions her decision making. <laughs> oh well i mean i I, we're gonna get into some bears talk i gotta gotta know how how you're doing badge how's your daughter doing down in college is everything going well with her i I know you said i think you said she wasn't gonna play uh volleyball anymore she's focusing on her studies is everything going good with her how's everything doing yeah, man, everything is going great. Um, she's now a she says she so when she goes back in January, she'll start the second semester of her sophomore year. Um, vo- after high school volleyball, she she just chose to step away from it, um, and she's doing great. She's got great friends. Um, she's she went to the uh, there's a rivalry between Cortland and Ithaca that they call the Cortica Jug. Well, they held that game at Yankee Stadium in November, and she was able to go down and watch the game on a bus with, you know, uh, all of her friends, the school, alumni, you know, had a great time. Um, She's doing great. We're super excited for her. She's changed her major. She's got a plan in place on what she wants to do. And, you know, I've always said, I, I just want, for her to to have it easier than than we did you know and and she's working so hard and that's the thing that if i've given her anything the work ethic man she's a hard worker when it comes to her schoolwork she really really studies hard works hard and i'm so proud that that you know that's honestly it's the greatest thing i've ever done in my life is you know being a dad and yeah. it really is you, you know, the greatest thing. And, and I can say, I'm pretty sure they're happy that Matt Nagy is no longer the head coach of the Chicago bears. (laughs) Like that's something we can all agree on. (laughs) I see Eldo's comment about him. If you want, I could go on for an hour, (laughs) but I won't. That's that's been done far too many times. (laughs) Yeah. That's great, man. And seeing the pride in your eyes as a father, myself, um, Scotty's still a young and, you know, he's sixth grader. So, uh, He's still uh, he's still got a few years to go, but that I, I definitely agree with that. The pride you feel when your child succeeds in something or works hard at something and, and reaches their goals it's 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 hard to it's hard to equate it to anything else. It really is. It really is. It's you know I you know as you know my wife and I first got married. You, you know you you know AC you talk about having kids and you know as a guy you're like oh man I'd love a son you know to to follow my footsteps and you know I could you know teach him all the sports and this and that but man I you know when we found out we were having a girl I was so damn excited so damn excited and just to be I mean my daughter's gonna be twenty next year like what. What? Where? 20 years old? Like, where did, you know, it's just crazy to me how fast it goes. And you, you have to cherish every moment, man, because they there's nothing better than than spending time with your family, your loved ones and, and everything else. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's it really is. And then this time of year, it just makes it that much better. Yeah, for sure. 
speaking of making things that much better, we got a man in the backstage that I got to bring out here. My man, KB, K Bizzle. He's on the road. My, he's out, he's out grabbing stocking stuffers and last minute ingredients that he needs to, you know, KB cooking it up. What's good, brother? How you doing, man? I think you're on mute. There we go. Yeah, I'm on mute. I'm fucking freezing, man. It's cold. <laughs> I woke up this morning. I thought it was gonna be warmer because it wasn't negative three. Jesus Christ! Good job. I made a mistake. But what's going on, man? I see my boy Patch on the show. What? KB, what's, what's up, up, dude? Yo, just happy to be with you guys, man. So awesome to see you, bro. Oh man, you make you you give me these warm fuzzy feelings, man. Make me feel like the old days. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. But man, uh shit. Uh yeah, bro. Yo, your boy had to get out on the road, go grab a couple more things, man. Uh I, I didn't make it home uh my last uh day off. No, wait, well, I say last day off yesterday because the weather was so bad and you know I got this uh rear wheel drive uh challenger. So <laughs> that was a good decision. <laughs> yeah. Everybody everybody collectively made fun of me at work. So <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you boy, I had to set, I had to settle down in town for the, for the, for the day and, uh, you know, trying to, trying to get everything down, get everything ready for the kids for the day. Cause I got to work tomorrow. So uh, we're going to have uh, Christmas at 12 o'clock. You know how it is. Yeah. Talking yeah. About yep. kids and everybody, you get bad. Your, your baby going to be 20, man. Jesus. Dude, right. Oh. Listen, man. I have one, my baby girl going to be one. And what's the day? It's it's the it's the twenty fourth. In yep. five days, Ryan's yep. gonna be gonna be one. I'm not looking forward to none of this shit. I don't even want to go through the first birthday. <laughs> like, she's, already, she's already a freaking terror, bro. Like I don't oh, shit. I don't want to think about her at twenty, bro. <laughs> she got KB wrapped around her. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> she, she, she's a little monster, bro. It's horrible. And then oh, she knows she just looks at me like you know you don't do it. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. you, Dad, when I get older, you know you're in deep shit. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it's good seeing you boys, man. I'm, I'm glad everybody's doing well, man. Yeah, Appreciate for sure. It, man. So, good to see uh, you, brother. I, I guess we should get into this Eagles game just a little bit. I was pleasantly surprised with the outcome. I came on here last week. I thought Eagles were going to drop a 50-burger on us. That was actually my – that was what I said. I was pleasantly surprised with the outcome. Injuries have have begun to pile up on this team again, and we didn't have depth in the first place. My man, the jackhammer, just went on IR, and I almost cried this week. Uh, Y'all know I'm already looking for the jersey for uh, for yep. Sanborn. That's, that's my dude. Um, and, and, and Tevin, I, I believe – I mean, it looked really scary on the field. I don't know if they've officially put him on IR or not. I guess I should do some show prep and figure that out. But um, as you said, he's, he might no, practice in play. <laughs> that's crazy. After you, because that scene was scary watching it. Like even on, I, I watched. I was watching Red Zone, and they even cut over to it and it was like a scary moment in Chicago. Talking, you know, the whole team was around him. It looked really scary. I thought it was going to be real bad. Um, but uh, I mean, I guess he's okay, man. That's a that's a warrior right there. I saw yesterday mm -hmm. Jalen Johnson went on IR, so we're just we're hurt for real. What 
um, decimated, but, decimated yeah. guys. I mean, the offensive line is good. I mean, let, let's let's say it this way, right? Ah, great. Here I go. Uh, so yeah. the offensive be line, this, right, was, yeah, was was already pretty much kind of dog shit, right? I mean, they they they've you know by the numbers at PFF, it looks like they're pretty goddamn good. But let's be real here. We 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 all know better. You know, well, now you're down three starters. So you already had shit. Now it's even deeper shit. So um, I, you know, my thing is at this point, please don't get Justin Fields hurt. Please don't end this guy's season and make it so we don't see him next year and have to go through another season of this, Uh, you know, three in a row, you know, and that's, that's my biggest concern is, you as your play as the offensive play caller, you need to make sure that Justin Fields is protected. So if yeah. that means every goddamn pass is a rollout, then you fucking roll them out. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always been like for the last few weeks, a lot of people have posed the question, should we sit Justin and and finish the season without him or or let him play it out. And I've always been on team let him play it out because I felt like as a young quarterback, there's still a lot of game situations and stuff that he can learn. Um, but, man, at this point, I'm starting to lean toward just say he's got a hammy and put him on IR or something because my man behind no O-line, you know, we're not going to get anything really out of winning games other than a worse draft pick. Um, I I'm starting to lean toward let's 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 let Justin sit out, sit out maybe put him on IR let him sit the rest of the season out and uh and 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 go from there um Chris my man uh what what were your uh, big thoughts from the uh, Eagles game last week Um I mean uh, I mean overall obviously we lost and like all the games now suit me just be getting into one big gray big drone of a loss what keeps going on, but I mean, I'm quite surprised how how, uh, how well the defense plays, especially the uh, especially getting a pressure on on the on the quarterback, uh, because that's not you know we haven't done that all. They definitely call more sort of um, blitzes as well. In the defense, I thought Justin Field would just be amazing. Justin Field, like he usually is. Uh, I mean, man, that guy's got some wheels, man. It's it's a thing of beauty watching him run. Yeah, yeah. When but he it's took still a off, loss, dude. And I, I like you just said, this, you know, yeah, yeah. When when he got out of that sack tried. and took off down the sideline, and then he did the little spin move at the end. I didn't think he stepped out. I was yeah. like, damn, my guy. Like everyone, I think Darius Slay even said it. And you know, that's Pro Bowl corner who it was his first time uh, playing Justin Fields. I don't know if you guys saw his comments or not, but he was like, yeah, dude, did, yeah, highlight reel. And, and, and I couldn't agree more. The things he does on the field, I've never seen a Bears quarterback be able to do it. And he's not just a runner, guys. He can hit some throws, too. I mean, sometimes I get upset because he'll miss, you know, the easy ones, the little three-yard out. He'll, he'll overthrow it or throw it at their feet. But, but man, when you see him, like, I think it was against the Packers when it hit EQ and, and Daniil Harry, uh, yeah, Dekeel Harry deep and yep. put the ball right on him. Like, I haven't seen throws like that really since Cutler was back there. He could hit it every once in a while, but sometimes Cutler right. would still overthrow those deep balls. <laughs> sometimes Cutler would have those plays where you're like, "What the hell are you throwing at?" You know what yeah. did you What did you see? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited about Justin. Uh, I hope that he can 
stay healthy or they have a plan in place to – I mean, if we lose to the Bills today, I wouldn't mind seeing them play just because that's a Super Bowl contender. Just like last week, we have a lot to learn from these teams for how they built their teams. And the number one thing I noticed, especially from last week, and we'll probably see it again this week, is the way they built through the trenches. They yep. they, they focus in on their O-line and D-line. I mean, the Eagles, they just have, you know, teams and teams of guys just, just go get the quarterback. Just go mm-hmm. get them. Son Reddick was looking like a bust before he ended up in Philly. And he's – how they get three sacks last week or something? That dude was a monster off the edge. You got they, – they went and picked up Ndamukong Sue. They traded for Robert Quinn, who didn't work out for him. But, hey, they had an extra pick. You know what I'm saying? They they were taking a chance on a guy who had 18 sacks last last year. You know yeah. what I mean? So, uh, the, the way they run their teams is definitely something. I'm, and I'm hoping – Ryan. I know we got Ian Cunningham from Philly. Yep. Yep. So hopefully him and Poles are watching the way these teams are set up and uh, and and they're and they're focusing on what they can do this off season. Um, yeah. I, I I do want to get into it really quick. I saw breaking news yesterday that Elton Jenkins, uh, KB's cousin, uh, and, and with the Packers resigned, and so did Jack Conklin. Conklin was the guy that I had my eyes set on to bring in and be our right tackle. So that was a that sucked. Uh, Merry Christmas, George. Love you, man. Uh, he's talking about Lissimo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Merry Christmas, brother. But uh, yeah, those were guys that I was looking at that we could bring in to help fix our O line. And it looks like a lot of these guys are going to resign. That's that's going to be difficult this offseason. We'll have to see how the how the plan plays out. To be completely honest, um, I just yeah, I was I was I was mildly impressed. I mean, I, I like I said, I I didn't see the whole game. I I got to see a lot on red zone, but. The way this team fights, you know, I think that says a lot about Matt Eberflus and his staff. I, you know, there is there things, there's always going to be things as a person who follows the game that you don't like the coaches are doing, that you don't agree with, that you don't think are right. But, you know, seeing this team and seeing the fight, and, and, I, and here's the difference. A lot of these guys are on short-term deals. So when you see these guys fight, they're fighting to have a job next year. You right. know, they're they're not these guys that've got these four or five year deals. Hey, you know what? I'm here, you know, for the long haul. What you know, no, these are guys that have signed one one year deals with a possibility of a second year or maybe just a one year. So these guys showing grit, taking the number one team in the league and only losing by five points and only giving mm. up twenty five when I mean who I can't even name somebody on the defense anymore. I don't think, you know what I mean? That that's how, how far away I've been is most, most of the guy like, yes, you know, obviously Jalen Johnson, you know, but I, I couldn't tell you a guy on the defensive line, you know? So uh, to me, I look at that and I, and I think to myself, wow, these guys really actually have players in here. Yeah. That talent level may not be there, but the reps they're getting and the work that they're getting with these coaches through this season and now another off season, if they're brought back, I mean, Jack Sanborn, you brought up earlier, AC, this guy is an undrafted free agent that can't, and look what he's doing. I mean, obviously his season's over. Like, you know, I, I saw that the other day too. And I was freaking heartbroken because 
I, I just think this guy really could be the cornerstone of this defense moving forward. And, you know, I, I just, I just hope that what we're seeing, yes, we knew going into this year, I think, yes, I, I was one of the people that thought, oh my gosh, Justin Fields is going to be the starter. He's going to carry this team. Darnell Mooney, you know, Cole Komet, Dave Montgomery. I, I thought we would have nine wins and, and I'm going to say this live on the show, mm. just so you know. So I, at the beginning of the season made a bet with a buddy of mine, who's a giants fan. And I bet him that the bears would win more games than the giants. I mean, mm. I saw the giants in person last year, the last regular season game of the season. And I thought, Jesus Christ, the bears are bad, but the giants are a dumpster fire. Yeah. So I, I thought, for sure the bear well they didn't so last night i had to pony up my end of the bet so we had to throw a few beers back have some dinner and all that kind of stuff so kudos to the giants <laughs> for yeah. turning things around i'm sure my yeah. dad's sitting at home watching this right now and he's probably he's probably laughing his ass off <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the giants they, they started out hot man but they're starting to lose a bunch of games mm. here uh, lately, I don't know if they're trying to tanking and, and, and get a quarterback. Maybe uh, I've been seeing Will Levis slide down draft boards. You know me, I'm a draft yep. nerd, so I'm already oh, reading yeah. all the mock drafts. Uh, but I'm starting to see uh, Will Levis slide down. And honestly, I would love to see Levis with uh, with Dabo running him um, because mm. the, the the things he did in his junior year that they didn't let him do this year due to injury and other concerns, uh, the things that they were able to do just I mean, Levis looked like the top pick to me, or or, yeah. or high up there. I mean, they all have question marks, but I mean, maybe the maybe the Giants end up with him and they can turn that thing around. Uh, Guys, I'm sorry, I I got to drop. Uh, we're we're getting uh, stuff ready for Christmas, and things are missing that I bought. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brad. That's all good, man. All right, it was guys. great to see you, man. Merry oh, Christmas. So much. And- I, I love you guys. Everybody at the bar room. And and anytime you want to come on, brother, just shoot me a text. You know, you know, I you're welcome. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and and I look have a great to Christmas, bud. Next time, you two guys, take care. Love y'all. All right, brother. Peace. See ya. Oh man, well, I guess this is a good time. I can uh, set up. We have some uh, some uh, clips from other ballroom members, um, mm-hmm. and and the the first one that we've got is from. Uh, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Mike North, uh, he's going to come through and he shot us a little video <laughs> to tell us Merry Christmas and uh, ask us how our family's doing, et cetera, et cetera. But I'll just let Aldo go ahead and roll the clip, man, for Mike. Hey, everybody at the bar room. Man, I love all of you. And Aldo Gandia, my dear friend, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you, Donna, uh, my mentor, Doodles. Uh, your whole family, uh, and everybody at the bar room. You know what? Uh, had a great time so far. And when I say so far, because we got a long way to go, but love all your passion. I never did uh, radio or I don't do podcasts for money. I never did. That's why maybe I made it. I love what I do. You guys love what you do, and you do a great job for the bar room as Lotto just belched. I stayed on. I know you love me. Anyway, Merry Christmas on behalf of me and BB. And uh, we'll see you soon. Love you guys. Stay warm.
man, that's a great message from Mike North. Uh, the, I, I love the part where he said, talked about our passion here at the barroom. That's definitely one thing that sticks out to me. All of us are passionate fans uh, that just want to come on and talk ball. You know, we want to talk about uh, uh, the games and, 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 and we're personable too. Like, you just saw when Badger was on, most of our conversation wasn't even Bears. We I talk about his family. Mm. We're going to talk about how he's doing as a person, et cetera. And, and, and we're all over the world. My man Chris Watts is across the pond. He comes in every Sunday. Uh, what do you think of that little <laughs> message there, Chris? I'll be honest with, I'll be honest with you, AC. I, I can't view I can't view any videos of the play back on my phone. I already saw a little bit of the end, so what I'm going to do is... Once we've finished, I'm going to have to uh, re-watch the shirt to see what the messages are. So sorry about that, bro. So I'm at my mum's uh, house for Christmas. So I'm in her study, so if I had another screen, I'd have been all right. So I'll get, I've got the sort of gist, mate, anyway. But, uh, yeah, it's just, awesome. it's just awesome being on the network, to you know, on the same network as somebody like Mike North. I had, you know, I had a chance to talk to him a couple of months ago on the... Um, with it, with his show with uh, Alden, he's just, he's just as cool in real life when you talk to him as as when you're watching him. He's such a cool guy, and he's lived such a, a colourful, interesting life. And uh, you know, and you know, he's one of those people where you just love to shoot the breeze with. So uh, yeah, Mike, yeah. Just, you know, say do it, do the show on the same network yeah. as Mike North. Yeah, he's pretty great. Uh, whenever I go back to Indiana, where my wife's from. Um, and I tell them, you know, I do a podcast every Sunday. They don't seem to tune in all that much, but I tell them that Mike North's on the network. And they're like, <laughs> oh, Mike North. I know, like, that name rings a bell to, to, to Chicagoans. They, yeah. know, they know who Mike North is, and they know, you know, what he's done in this business. Um, but another name that many people know is Buffon. And uh, every week, Buffon 55 comes on here, and they – they locked down a guest from the opposing team to break down what we're going to watch for, what we can see from the other team, and they do a great job. I definitely listen to it usually uh, the night before I do my show so I can get a couple of little – oh, that's, that was a good little tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but uh, he sent in a video as well, him and his uh, co-host Alyssa Barbieri uh, from uh, Windy City, I believe. Uh, I'm not say, completely yeah. positive that uh but they sent in a little video and i'll let aldo roll that as well hey everybody happy holidays from buffone 55 john buffone alongside my trusty sidekick co-host and producer Alyssa barbieri we got a great game and great is in quotation marks but the bears are playing on christmas eve so that's exciting as well uh Alyssa, obviously they're a big underdog going into this one they were a big underdog last week so what is your measure of success against a team like the Buffalo Bills? That's a good question. I think it's kind of like last week against the Eagles. You want to see them be able to compete, right? You want to see what they can give this team that is, it lo they look headed for the Super Bowl and you want to see them continue to fight. Like, and that's something we've seen all season long. And I want to see Justin Fields go out and ball out again, because we saw what he did against the top ranked Eagles defense. I mean, the Bills defense, they got a good defense as well. So you want to see, you know, key players that are going to be cornerstones on this team moving forward, have those moments. Granted, we're going to be missing a couple of them, including Jack Sanborn, wish him nothing but the best, get healthy for next year. But you really want to see his team go out and really stick it to the Bills. You want to see them hang with them as long as possible, just like with the Eagles. I mean, man, 
no one, including myself, <laughs> could have yeah. could have um, predicted what happened last week. Yeah, and I think that Justin Fields showed that the moment was not too big for him. He was a heavy underdog, and like most games this season, the Bears were at a disadvantage when it came to talent, and they stuck around. They played hard. Justin Fields made some incredible plays, and the entire team really stuck it out to the very end, but there's, like I said, just a deficiency at the talent level right now, and that's kind of what I want to see this week. I want to see them keep playing. I want to see Justin Fields continue to progress, show that he can go up against someone like Josh Allen and hold his own and make plays and keep his team in the game. Uh, and it's and if that happens, great. And uh, you know they're nine and a half point underdogs as as we record this, so uh, we'll see if that if that goes down a little bit or expands a little bit. But I think that they they can keep it within nine and a half points. I think that they're well. Uh, equipped so far that we show that they play hard until the very end they may lose by one score but they're going to hopefully keep it close they haven't been overly blown out in a lot of games this year that's what i'm hoping for on christmas eve day uh you know the, the, the no matter how you're spending it whether you're glued to the tv watching the game or you have family over or you're working which sucks i've been there you know listen i know you're basically you're part partly working on that day because you got to turn out like a hundred thousand articles afterwards and beforehand and during and all that <laughs> other stuff. Uh, but uh, I, I hope that everyone just takes the game for what it's worth and watches it leisurely. It's, it's a holiday. Don't let it bug bum you out. Don't let it play Grinch to you. Don't let it steal your holiday spirit. Listen, the Bears haven't given us many gifts this year, and hopefully that's because 2023 is going to be the greatest Christmas ever. And they're going to they're going to be you know instead of three and eleven, they're going to be I don't want to say eleven and three, but they're going to be a little bit better next year. And they could be positioning for a playoff position. And you know uh, maybe maybe this is just what, what the the work we're putting in for for next year. So I hope you enjoy the game. I hope that you also enjoy the holiday because that's 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 the real thing you should be enjoying because. The Bears aren't going anywhere this year, uh, and we're, we're just trying to see how they progress. So uh, the holidays are a wonderful deodorant for a bad football team. And once again, I want to thank everyone who watches or listens to anything on the Barroom Network, but uh, obviously on Buffon 55. Alyssa and I have been doing this for quite some time. This show has been around for six years. It's incredible that people are still watching and listening to this show. It, it, it means so much to me. And, and that's not just that's just not me throwing that out there. I, I say it all the time on and off the air. I can't believe people actually tune into this show. And it, and it just it, it means so much to me, especially around the holidays, especially when people have other stuff going on and they still tune into this show. So thank you from the bottom of our of my heart and i'm sure Alyssa is the same thing it appreciates everyone that tunes into this show uh thank you for everyone and the barroom network this is an incredible community not just for the listeners and the people that interact with us but all the show hosts all the people that are behind the scenes it's it, it, the amount of work that goes into this uh to make this look easy to make this look like it's just us you know rolling out a microphone and talking it's not that there's so much that goes into it there's so many graphics and audio things and planning and producing and, and Alyssa, you put so much work into this behind the scenes that it's you know it's just it's it, it makes my job so much easier and it makes it so much fun so uh, i appreciate everyone that makes this uh network uh, move forward and i appreciate everyone that listens to everything on this network because uh without you guys we're not around so happy holidays enjoy the game bear down everybody well, that, that was a great message from buffon and Alyssa barbieri Alyssa barbieri i will get her name right one of these days Alyssa is with bearswire.com <laughs> um and 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 just like just like buffon said there she's always 
pumping out articles and always hard at work. I love that uh, that uh, Buffon uh, talks about all the all the all the work behind the scenes that my man Aldo does and Badge used to do and uh, Joe Mandel come he does it. And I'm learning as a producer as well, so all this stuff is new to me and I understand how much work goes into it at this point. Like I I, I thought we just roll out a microphone and let me talk. And, uh, and, and that's not it. Uh, there's, there's an awful lot of work and I definitely got a lot of love for Aldo, um, for, for giving me a chance and, and teaching me about the business, which is, I mean, there's not better, there's, there's not very many better mentors than you can get, uh, than Aldo Gondia <laughs> producer of the year. I don't know about all that, Aldo, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, it's, really, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of hard work. And uh, if I had a jawline like John Buffon, y'all wouldn't see a beard on this. That man is, uh, <laughs> he, he looks like a, he looks like a dude. I'm going to be honest. Uh, he's always putting up videos of him boxing. Hey, about a good hair, huh? Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I can see him in a Captain American outfit or something. <laughs> yeah, definitely, mate. But uh, just, just to sort of carry on what you were saying, man. I mean, I know we're not strictly talking about the today's game, but, it's people like John and Aldo uh, who first got me sort of initially watching this channel. You know, I, th I think uh, one of John's shows, one of the first shows I watched, and so was uh, the Dan and Aldo show. And it, would have, it wasn't just how good they are with the knowledge about the Bears football. It would have stood the out as people, man. You know, I, I, yeah. I just really connected to them as people and, and, I, and how they, you know, how they sort of come over and, and just a general sort of high-level Characters of this network, yeah. Luckily, we have people like Aldo because if you know, I do literally just turn up out of bed, open a beer, and I'm on the show. You know what I mean? So, thank God for people who actually, you know, know what they're doing and, and spend the time for uh, so idiots like me can talk uh, best football with you, brothers. So, uh, yeah, I'm just wanted to continue what you were saying there at AC. Yeah, I mean, my man KB's coming on here driving around he's watching make sure you got your eyes on the road there kb i don't want to we don't want to see you he's muted again <laughs> god damn it see i ain't got my headphones so I'm, I'm trying to make sure i'm mute every time i'm not talking but yeah. uh no man i was looking I'm, I'm at a stoplight and i'm looking over at the fire station to my right because they got a bunch of cords running out to their trucks and i just remember they got they got diesels so diesels yeah yeah, yeah. We used to like, do that when I was in the army. Uh, when we were over in Korea, a lot of the weather was a lot like this, so we'd have to go out there and fire up them big diesel trucks and and leave them running. And <laughs> they tell us all the time, "Y'all can't leave them running. We're gonna run out of gas." Blah blah. blah. And we're like, "No, it's the only warm place out here. I'm gonna warm this. I'm gonna sit inside." Right. <laughs> it's crazy out, man. It's crazy yeah. out. But uh, uh, we'll go ahead and um, we'll hit the uh. Oh uh, man, I lost my train of thought there. Oh my god. Uh Chris Watts every week. Uh I'll just go ahead and hit this intro and Sorry, I'll man. let you talk about uh the, the wanker of the week. Uh we'll go ahead and hit this. Kiss off, you grassy little wanker! You soppy wanker! Wanker! You're a wanker! Wanker! Stop being a wanker. You are a wanker, Andy Ma. And I'll be honest, I didn't know that was coming, but I'll say it again, you are a wanker. This is Chris Watts' Wanker of the Week. 
In case you're new to the show, the Chris Watts is wanker of the week. He comes by every week and tells us who dropped the ball, who was too busy wanking, and in a five-point game against the best team in the NFL, I feel like he might have a little something up his sleeve, man. Who's your wanker of the week, Chris? What's up? Well, actually, I've not thought of a wanker of the week, but luckily something popped into my head. So I could, I could, I've got some. Thing. The wanker of the week was the defensive coordinator when he, when he called them two blitzes. They were so obvious that they were blitzes. I mean, it also, I know it doesn't help that the play actually went the wrong way, sort of hit the wrong hole uh, when he went his blitzing. But that, especially that one that scored the touchdown on his man, it was so obvious. It was like watching me play Madden because I'm really bad on defense. So, yeah, I'd have to say that's my wanker of the week. It was just them two play calls on defense. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have as much of an issue with the actual call of blitzing, but when you've got Brisker walking all the way up to stand behind a defensive lineman, kind of tells Jalen Hurts an MVP candidate. It looked a bit what obvious. Doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at one point, I'm sure, I'm sure the blitz, uh, when they scored against us, he literally sort of walked up about 20 yards. I don't know if he was like, trying to sneak up, but he, like it was so obvious that it would have blitz. And, uh, yeah, it kicked our ass in about that blitz. It really did. PZ says wanker of the week should be Cairo Santos. Cairo, is this is this becoming yes. an issue, fellas? Are we are we going to have to look for a new kicker this offseason? I've ran some mock drafts and grabbed the Ohio State kicker in the seventh round a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> is, is you that a guy? <laughs> hey, you, you know me, bro. You already know. I'm trying to see who, who's going to trade up to number two, who's giving me what. And, I know uh, you are, yeah, mate. That's one of them that I'm gra- – are, are we are we looking for a new kicker this offseason or are y'all going to try and do like they did in Green Bay with Mason Crosby and let him kind of work through it? My only concern is like – and I heard Dan and Aldo talking about this um, when they looked at him and he said, no, I can't hit it from here. It was 40-something yards. I remember back a few weeks ago the Browns were playing – and it came down to the last play of the game, and it would have been like a 65, 67-yard field goal. And the kicker was like, put me in, coach, put me in. Mm. But they ended up trying to do a, a, a Hail Mary, and it failed. And uh, I think Watson got twisted around while he was throwing and stuff. But, like, that's the kind of kicker I want. Like, even if you don't think you can make it, I've got to see you want to try. Do you agree with that, Chris, or am I am I out of line? No, no. Are we another I, kicker? I think it- I think we need we need to bring at least some competition against them in the off season because you know all these missed points, extra points are costing us games because you know although we've lost a lot of games this year, we have been in a lot of the of the games right until the end. So like, is is missing them? You know, an extra point in one game, it's all adding up, man. Ain't it there? It's a fucking kicker. You know, it's not like we're trying to replace like you know as quarterback. It's a kicker. So, no, I'd definitely bring in a competition for the guy in the off-season because uh, I'm like you, man. You want somebody who, who wants a challenge as well. You know what I mean? And then at day, that's your fucking job is to kick the ball, mate. So, if you can't do it, what's the point of you being on the squad? So, I'd be quite happy if they actually bring some competition for him to kick against uh, in the off-season. Yeah, K- KB, are you right there with us? Do you think uh, bringing in another kicker or...? I'm I'm definitely bringing in competition. My thing is this: you paid Cairo Santos. Uh, I want to say was what was it two seasons ago, or was it a season ago? It was one or the other. Uh, Santos, 
I feel like Santos is a good kicker, but he whatever walls he's going through, he, you gotta you gotta get through him. You have yeah. to get through him, man. Uh, yeah, you definitely bring in you definitely bring in competition though. There's no way in hell you don't bring somebody in to try to scare that man to get back on track. It's like scare straight. You're taking these kids to jail and scaring the shit out of them and make them make them act right. That's what you got to do, <laughs> Santos. We got we got to scare them straight, huh? Uh, <laughs> I, I am a little concerned though because remember this happened with Robbie Gold where he was missing extra points, he was missing field goals, and we were bad that year as well. And he was adding to it. We let him leave. He goes to San Francisco, and all of a sudden his yips are healed, and he looks like a great kicker again. I I, I don't. It's it's difficult. Can't always you have to have competition. Yeah, can't always just cut bait, man. We gotta at some point some of these players that we have that we keep saying that we should get rid of. Somebody has to step up and, and actually play, you know what I'm saying, and do what the job is. And I, I'm I'm burnt by that last statement, you know what I'm saying? We let Robbie go, go, and everybody was saying, maybe Robbie needs to leave. Maybe it's time to get a new kicker, blah, blah, blah. And you see what happened after that. Uh, I'm So right now I'm, I'm not too gung-ho on saying, yeah, we need to replace Santos, but I'm definitely saying you got to bring in another body, man. Yeah. And, and, I mean, we had Badgley in for a week, and he was perfect, and now he's up in Detroit. And, mm. uh, uh, I mean, shout out to Don Burr. I'm pulling for your Lions to make the playoffs. I'm not going to lie. A lot of people got a lot of hate for the Lions. It's difficult for me to hate that team because they've been through so much. And uh, I'll admit it, I was a Barry Sanders fan as a kid. The way he played. <laughs> I, hate, I hate the Lions because of him, son of a bitch. I hope he stubs his toe on every corner of his house. <laughs> I hope Drake make a diss track about that motherfucker and then go platinum. God damn it. Fuck down, Bert. <laughs> KB off the top rope in this motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh... I, think, I think KB is having a bit of uh, he's having a bit of road rage. Try to get that road rage. KB, you look like you're literally driving around and you try to like, nick people's presence. You're sort of looking like... <laughs> I'm the Grinch. He sort of looks like he's driving around out the neighborhood trying to nick presents or something. Bad. Fucking cold. Just walk out of GameStop. They got PlayStation 5s in stock and I'm broke because I'm buying Christmas presents. Ain't this not a bitch? <laughs> I've been telling my wife all year I want a new Xbox. I don't I don't know. There's a big present under the tree. I don't know if it's that or not, though. We'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> Your boy wants a new Xbox. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, we got one more video here that Aldo's uh, helping me out with. Uh, every Tuesday, Dan and Aldo get on here and they bare their souls. They'll talk about football. They'll talk about past. They'll talk about uh, Aldo or, or, or Dan is one of the most optimistic fans I know. I mean, this is he's a guy who said this Bears team can make the playoffs <laughs> at the start of the year. Now, it hasn't worked out as well, but, I mean, he, he's always – glass half full and that's a thing that i love about uh dan i met dan in cleveland it was a great meetup kb was there aldo was there my wife was there it was fantastic uh but but he uh he has sent out a merry christmas message to the barflies and i'll just go ahead and let aldo roll that as well hey what's up motherfuckers this is dan aguire from the dan and aldo bear their souls podcast here on the barroom network i was asked to share some thoughts about Christmas Eve past for the Chicago Bears. Aldo immediately mentioned the Bears and Browns from 2017. Gamer Mitchell Trubisky's doing snow angels and Jordan Howard had a few touchdowns. 
I thought about 2016, on this day six years ago, which is not the game I went with, but just a quick reminder. Kirk Cousins threw for 270 yards for the Redskins and ran for a touchdown, uh, just humiliating us as Matt Barkley would throw five interceptions for the Bears, and we would lose at Soldier Field in front of only like 50,000. There were so many empty seats that day, but the final would be 41-21 as the Bears would ultimately finish that year 3-13 and and finally get rid of John Fox. But the game I want to tell you about, I've talked about so many times before, but if you haven't heard it, fucking, you need to listen right now. Humor me. 1995, it's week 17, it's December the 24th, Christmas Eve, some 27 years ago. The 15-year-old boy and me watching this game with intent. The Bears need to beat Philadelphia at home. Did they take care of that? Yes. The Eagles made it to the second round of the playoffs of the year, so it's not like they suck. Rashawn Salam in his last, it's the last game of his rookie year, and he was masterful, even though, of course, he fumbled a few times, which resulted in him being benched that day. But it looked like the sky was a limit, man. Rashawn Salam, 30, 30 carries for 122 yards at the long of 21. And the Bears would win that day despite four turnovers. They would win 20-12 to 12 on Christmas Eve, 1995. So, after that game was over, the Falcons and 49ers were still playing. The other part of the scenario for the Bears to make the playoffs, and this is the fun year with Eric Kramer throwing to Conway and Graham and both guys over 1,000 yards and scoring points, but of course that meant the defense sucked. But for this fun bunch... Uh, to make the playoffs, the Atlanta Falcons had to lose to San Francisco. It sounded like a fair proposition because the 49ers had beaten Atlanta like 17 straight times. And the 49ers, mind you, were the reigning, defending Super Bowl champions. They had a lead early in the game. They led 14-3 after one. The starting quarterback, Jeff George, is injured. So late in the game, that scrub former New Orleans Saint Bobby Bear comes off the bench with one last gasp, if the 49ers can stop him, we make the playoffs. If they score, you know the rest. June Jones squad sees the 49ers kick another field goal, 27-22 San Francisco. 3.30 to go, Bobby Aber to J.J. Burton. George Seifert says, come on, defense. Fourth and five, Aber Throws to the right flat. Drakeford had the good coverage, but Eric Metcalf makes the play, and it's a face down. Ten, first and ten from the 37. Watch the time that Bear buys, and then he's going to find Terrence Mathis, Tommy. Yeah, and you, Bear is so calm once he gets out of the pocket, and I think that's something we didn't necessarily see from Jeff George, neither the calm nor the ability to get outside the pocket. 28-27, what was Timmy McDonald seeing? Well, you... This is what happens when you can get these little receivers on a big safety like Timmy McDonald. He's chasing Mathis. He's chasing. And then he finally asks for help, guys. Help me cover this guy. So down by one. Steve Young to Jerry Rice. Okay, first we get the record. The all-time leading receiver, Jerry Rice. But they want the game. Under a minute to go. Young to Rice. Incomplete. What? 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 Here comes the flag on Devin Bush. And so Jeff Wilkins is warming up. But a huge play by Lester Archambault. A sack near the midfield strike out of field goal range. So where are we going? Young to Rice, obviously. On third down. Oh, just off the fingertips. Then on fourth down, Atlanta brings some heat. Hadn't done this lately, but they did today. Young forced out of the pocket. 
fires Kevin Ross, the veteran, the former chief, the big interception, the Atlanta Falcons doing what no one thought they could do, upsetting the Niners 28-27, and to make the postseason for the first time since 91. A record-setting day for Jerry Rice that wasn't as nice for him as on Monday night as the Falcons beat the 49ers 28-27. Guys, I, I, I was crushed. I mean, the game ended like 4.30 my time, Eastern, and I just turned the lights out and went to sleep. I take losing hard. But let's be positive. It's Christmas Eve. Maybe we steal one today. It's Buffalo. Either way, holiday wishes. Kwanzaa. Christmas. Hanukkah. Whatever. However you feel it. Celebrate. Uh, Best wishes to all of you, all the masturbators out there, whether you're a man, a woman, or you're transitioning. Rub that clip, baby. Squeeze out a big O and a big W. (laughs) That was fantastic. As only Dan Aguirre can be. Uh, My my guy, he just, just, uh, man, he kills it. Um, But it was great to hear uh, Chris Berman on that clip as well. I I love the way he breaks down games. And uh, Dan Aguirre sounded like um, those NFL network shows that they do in the offseason. I can't remember what they're called, but it'll be, you know, uh, I think NFL they had the films. same guy do the do the voiceover for Hard Knocks when the Raiders were on there. Uh, but but yeah, Dan, he sounds like one of those guys. The way he breaks it down, that was that was fantastic. Uh, definitely, um, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa to those who uh, who don't uh, celebrate Christmas for sure. I, I, I'm glad Dan covered those as well. I actually showed my son Eight Crazy Nights for the first time this year. The uh, Adam Sandler animated. Uh, movie and uh that was that was pretty great he uh liked the uh whitey duval character i think it was whitey duval i can't remember his last name whitey the the whitey character and that the way he talks uh and uh calling everything a technical foul that, that that that's a fun that's a fun movie uh there were a couple of parts in there where i was like i don't know if he's old enough to see that but uh it was uh <laughs> it was great uh we, we love watching christmas movies around this time of year but uh Chris, I'll let you go ahead and talk about the video, and then uh, I, I, he just gave me an idea, my man Dan. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 thing, the thing about Dan is that Dan's got the best golden turn voice ever. His voice is so good. He could sell sex toys to nuns. That's how good his voice is. <laughs> and his knowledge of football and, and Bears football, and he's, you know... Yeah, it could it could be like listening to down from like one of them sort of you know late sixties, early seventies NFL film productions. Uh, but yeah, he's a top guy as well. I mean, I'm lucky I've had a chance to speak to him on the on the Dan and Actually, well, and he's such an absolute gentleman. So uh, yeah, he's another guy. I'm so glad that I met this year, man. He's such a, such a high character guy. And he's got that. He speaks better English than I do, and I'm bloody English for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's weird because Dan is from West Virginia, and he should talk like me. <laughs> he's from West Virginia, but he doesn't have an accent whatsoever. Um, and, and he's probably the only Democrat in West Virginia as well. So there's that. <laughs> and they talk about that probably. quite a bit on uh, Dan well, now. Don't bear their souls. Uh, I, I try to stay out of politics, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a. Uh, 
uh, he's a he's an interesting guy, and he's a nice dude for real. Uh, he, he's a good guy, and, and oh, his certainly, man. his memory is incredible. But uh, speaking of memories, man, he was bringing up like really old games. You know, twenties. I didn't even know. I, I loved that Falcons uniform when I was a kid. Uh, I was a Bengals fan, but I had a I was a fan of a lot of players as well. I actually had a Keith Brooking Falcons jersey that was that style. Uh, he was a, a linebacker for the Atlanta Falcons back in the day. He was one of my favorites. So seeing those jerseys brought back high school memories of when I had that jersey. Uh, but uh, yeah, that that was that was definitely uh, fantastic. But uh, I mean, remember last year we had jolly old Saint Nicholas. Nick Foles going into Seattle. I feel like that was Christmas, oh, yeah. right? And, and 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 it was around about crazy, time, yeah. Yeah, had a crazy the end of the game was insane. A, a team that wasn't going anywhere. We were all just waiting on everybody to get the axe. Saint Nicholas gave us a nice little Christmas present. Who knows what might happen today? I mean, we only lost by five to the Eagles. Yeah. I didn't expect that. Did anybody else? Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so no, no, not at all, mate. I mean, I would, ex- I, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting a 50 burger like you said, but um, uh, you know, I, I think I did predict that there'd be a bigger margin in the uh, but what's what's the weather supposed to be like in Chicago tonight? Is it because I kept watching them a podcast and they kept saying it's supposed to be snow coming in, the wind's supposed to be terrible. I'll just ask KB because KB looks like he's stuck in the middle of it all. <laughs> it's gonna suck. Just know that. I don't know if y'all can hear me good, but it's gonna suck. Just know that, bro. They they was talking about selling tickets for six dollars. Stop it, B. I'm not going to that game free. You hear me? Yeah, but no, bro, it's gonna be cold, bro. The wind has been bad for the past couple of days, so yeah. I think I saw that it was supposed to be like with the wind chill negative nine degrees at the stadium today. Uh, and it got me thinking of what are the coldest games in history. Uh, I looked it up last night. A lot of games at Lambeau. The Ice Bowl, of course, mm. from the uh, mm. Cowboys and, and, and Packers back in the day. Uh, apparently, the second coldest one was in Cincinnati. It was uh, the, the Bengals and the uh, – I can't remember who they were playing now, but it was a playoff game. It was like negative nine. So uh, we're, we're, we're approaching that record today at Soldier Field and uh, Mike Schaefer, who used to be a, uh, a Barfly Tailgate show co-host while his season tickets were on pause. Uh, he has already laid out his uniform t- for today. He's going to be dressed as an actual bear. So <laughs> hopefully he can wow. stay warm out there. Uh, it seems like one of those games where you go get a hot cocoa and it's a uh, frosty by the time you get to your seat. <laughs> so uh, definitely anyone who's, anyone who's, bearing the elements for lack of a better word uh definitely stay warm out there man and 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 bundle up layers are important for sure uh but yeah uh so anyone in the chat since i talked about eight crazy nights and we talked about the bears game anyone in the chat i'd like to see a list of a your favorite christmas movie and b a chris a bears christmas memory that you hold dear to your heart um Layer is important. <laughs> yeah. But uh, obviously my favorite Christmas movie, and it's really mostly because of the hat, and I've looked for this hat every year. Of course, the price is jacked up on them. It's, uh, it's a Christmas vacation with Chevy Chase, 
he uh, yeah. rocks a lot of Chicago, but that Bears hat, man, I love that Bears hat, and I always look it's, for it. See, it's, it, it's, I used to actually have that hat back in the day. I get that oh. hat back in the 80s, and I, I've been looking at it as well, that it, like, it is, it's like just so much more expensive than usual bears hat, but I'm going to get one as well, mate. Definitely going to get one. Bro, this is the warmest hat I've ever had in my life. Uh, I got I got lucky and found it for fifteen dollars at Ross. Um, <laughs> yeah, bro, it, it 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 does work. You feel me? Look at look at yeah. all the, the bear fur inside. Uh-huh. I'm more of a I'm more of a beanie guy. Or my father in law, he likes to make fun of us down here in the south because we call him toboggans, and he's like, a toboggan is a sled. But uh, the inside, it has this uh, <laughs> thick layer that really blocks the wind really well and keeps my ears warm. So that's definitely my go-to. Is I always got to check the inside and make sure it's make sure it's good and layered oh, up. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I just do these just check it. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah. So, 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 I just I just wear one of these one just to control my hair more than anything else. That's the reason I wear them. Yeah, but I, I I'd have to say I don't have to worry about to that too much. Say, <laughs> no, mate, you 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 got you got the first facial hair, mate. That's what it is. But I'd have to <laughs> say I'm not a. As you probably might guess, I'm not the most Christmassy sort of person, but I'm not I'm not as bad as a humbug. So I'd have to say my favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard, and it's probably like on top of a lot of people's list, but Die. Die Hard is brilliant from finish. Oh, Die Hard? <laughs> Man, uh-huh. I, I I feel like people get into this argument all the time. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Is it not? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, I posted something on my Facebook yesterday because The Conjuring 2 takes place during Christmas. So I'm always like, Man, if Die Hard is a Christmas movie, so is The Conjuring 2. So yeah, I, I definitely... <laughs> I definitely posted that up. Uh, I love The Conjuring. Uh, <laughs> as far as I'm a horror movie fanatic, I love them. Uh, even well, the right. even the even the terrible ones like the the like Ginger Snaps, the terrible animatronic werewolves and stuff. I love all that shit. Uh, but The Conjuring, as far as new scary movies, that and Insidious are those. That's one and two to me for sure. Uh, other than that, <laughs> someone says Krampus, <laughs> Matt. Oh man! Uh, but AC, 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 what? What's the scariest horror film then? Because mine's the original Exorcist, the first one, and I can remember we saw it at the cinema. This because we release it on video for years and years and years, and like and like we were all went for a, a drink beforehand, and we're all like, "Oh, it's a bit boiling. Let's go, let's see what's on at the cinema." And I don't. Just at the start of the film, everyone's going, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, it's just going to be a breeze, isn't it, this? It's not going to be scary at all. And then within about half an hour into the film, everybody were holding the bits like, <gasps> it was yeah. the most scary film I've seen. And I think because, like, the film was, like, in, like, quite bad sort of quality, it kept jumping, it sort of added into the atmosphere. So I'd have to say the first Exorcist is the scariest film I've seen. Well, I mean... <laughs> I mean, back then there wasn't anything like The Exorcist. That's what made it so, so much more scary. And I've heard stories of people Shocking. throwing up in the throwing up in the theater or leaving the theater. They couldn't handle it. Uh, and it's a lot different now. As Matt, Matthew Fulcisi talks about Terrifier One and Two. I don't know if anyone's ever watched that. But you talk about a hacker, a uh, 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 slash film. That is that is up there. I watched the first one uh, when the second one came out. 
recently on Amazon video. They had it on there for free. And I was just like blown away by the gore and, and like, <laughs> I'm fine with slasher flicks. You know, I grew up with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, etc. So, so I'm fine with it, but it was just like, they really pushed the envelope in those movies. So anyone who does decide to watch those movies go into there with that, with that in mind, like they're pushing the envelope in this movie. But as far as the scariest movie, Honestly, I'm a big fan of The Conjuring too. I knew the story going into it. It took takes place in in your country there, uh, Chris. It's uh, the uh, Poltergeist. Oh, what's that place called? I can't remember now. It's a, it's a Poltergeist Palace? story. <laughs> no, not Buckingham Palace. Uh, let me. My let me, uh, Hang on. Someone in the chat might help me. Uh, I don't. I can't remember the name of it. Edinburgh. Infield Poltergeist. Infield. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's so from that's the stats base. The true story. Yeah, yeah. I know that's what the movie's based off of. So if you haven't seen it, Chris, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, yeah. I think I've seen a documentary actually about you know they were actually interviewing people who were actually involved in it all, and it was really scary. But I to, I just remembered some of uh, see the most scariest thing what's ever happened to me watching TV or a film. It's like it was one Halloween, and this is years ago, about mid nineties. I bit, went to, went for a couple of pints with a mate, and it was Halloween. And then I got back, I got back home about relatively early. We went for a few pints, and I just switched on the TV and put BBC One on. I liked or like it just said ghost watch, and I like these are all like British TV personalities, and they're like in the studio, and like they had somebody like. Outside, like outside of his house, and they were reporting on his house, and it was supposed to have his poltergeist. And I'm watching it, and like you know, they're all like you know, they're all going through. Oh, we're going to go into the house, and you know, and this has happened over the years, and all this. So I, I'm watching it all, and then they go into the house, and it all starts, you know, kicking off. There's like shit flying about everywhere, and I'm just thinking, I can't believe this is on real TV. This is this is a real. Poltergeist on TV, and I absolutely, I was absolutely bricking it. And then, and like, when it finished, like, I like go, I was absolutely shit scared. I had to go out my mum's house for about 10 minutes. And then I found out the day after that it was actually all fake. I, I missed the bit when it first started saying, <coughs> excuse me, this is a drama of a haunting. So it, it was actually all being put on, and that was the most scary thing I've ever seen on TV. So I thought it was real, but it wasn't. It was actually like a, a bit of a prank what they put on. But my God, I shit it, mate. I, I, when their books were flying off and all that, and this girl was screaming, I was going, I can't believe they got this on TV. This is absolutely incredible. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. And it was all, it were all a, a jest at the end of the day. But yeah, that, that was the scariest thing I've ever seen, mate. I absolutely shit myself. Yeah, yeah. The crazy thing about the infield poultry guys, a lot of people think, or, or if they're skeptics, they believe that she was just pranking everybody and setting it all up. And the voice that she's able to, those recordings of her doing the voice, like the actual person, it's it's just insane to watch. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's uh, uh, she swears to this day that it was all real. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, who who knows one way or the other? Uh, I definitely didn't expect to go down this. Avenue today and talk right, horror movies on the <laughs> on the Parflats Elgate show, but uh, I mean, when in Rome, I, I guess you know we'll just, yeah, we'll just talk. But uh, uh, I saw I was I didn't see a ton of Christmas movies in here that people uh -huh. were talking about. Scrooge is on here, Krampus, uh, 
Uh, we talked about the Christmas vacation. I'm a big fan of Jim Carrey's Grinch. Uh, I know they made right. uh, animated ones since then, and my, my son's seen them all. Of course, they, the original one was animated, uh, so that's kind of cool. But I, I'm a big fan of the way Jim Carrey brought that character to life. Um, uh, that That's one of my favorites as well. We watch every year. And then the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, uh, those are – those are right. a good series of movies as well for Christmas time. Um, but uh, yeah, we're getting way off track here. Uh, is the, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just trying my best not to, I, I really don't want to talk about this bills game. I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, really? You're not, you're really not bad about it. I just, well, I felt bad last week and they pulled it out, I guess. But I mean, even after that, now you've got more injuries piling up. Uh, we have, and he's done well for what he was called to action, but Jalen Jones will be a starting corner today. I guess Josh Blackwell will get more time. We saw Kyler Gordon get a pick last week, which was awesome. The way he was – and there's been tape breakdown on Twitter of how he was able to play space, which is difficult mm. for a rookie to, to, to learn – to go from man-to-man to learning how to play an area. And he closed on the ball so fast, uh, which was awesome. Um should have Watch Brisker you. back, and DHC has been doing okay uh, yeah. in, in 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 Eddie Jackson's uh, exit. What's your uh, what's your thinking about Velas Jones? What what do you reckon we should do with him? I'm cutting his ass. I'm done. I am. I, I, am know, I know. I know. I think. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up. I wanted to talk about this because I heard Dan and Aldo talking about it as well. Um, a, a man named. Amari Rogers was a third round draft pick for the Green Bay Packers in 2021, I believe. Had a terrible season, muffing punts, couldn't catch, blah, blah, blah. Well, they went into the next season. They didn't have all the weapons on the outside. They lost Devontae Adams, and they still felt good enough to go ahead and cut bait with Rogers because he just was not fitting. And I feel like we should do that with Valus. I mean, if you want to try and keep him around and see if you can get him on your practice squad, whatever, but I'm I'm done. And I was all for giving him a chance to prove he prove he could do better. But I and mean again. Yeah. Uh, I mean what I'm thinking as well though AC, I mean he was brought in to be a wide receiver predominantly rather than just a special teams player, wasn't he? Uh, that you know that that that's one of the units which is you know what we struggle on a lot in our team is the wide receivers at this moment in time. So you know that 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 sort of pissed me off. He, he had took the opportunity to to prove that he can play a wide receiver because you know he had every chance this season just due to the low quality of the group you know which we got in the squad. Yeah. Well, I, I want to bring in Aldo on this because I know he talked about it before and he had some interesting points. Aldo, we're talking about Bayless Jones. Should we cut him? Should we keep him? Do you move on? What's what's your opinion on this? I feel like it's too early to give up on him, uh, but you can't coddle him. And so you need, if, you know, given the situation that the Bears are in right now, I would try to get him still as many snaps as possible, it, particularly given the injury situation at wide receiver, see what he can do. And then during the offseason, really lay it to him and say, you need to show up for OTAs ready to rock and roll. There are a lot of third round draft picks who are out there looking for jobs right now. And you could be one of them. You've got to do your job. And, you know, but it's right now it's too early to give up on him. I was listening to Alex Brown 
on one of the sports radio shows, and he was saying, you know, maybe cut him and Carol Santos too. I think at this point of the season, three weeks left, I don't think you cut those guys, you know, uh, particularly within the situation that you are you are in and the injuries and, and you know, bringing another salary for what? Um, give uh, Particularly Valus Joan, give him an opportunity to, to do his thing um, and – but I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being a bust. You know, there's a lot of football players who show promise in college, but once they get to the pro game and once they get hit, all of a sudden, holy cow, it, yeah. all of it, everything changes. And he might be one of those guys. Yeah, and it's kind of because, like I've said on here before, I've already been doing mock drafts already. Uh, and some of the guys that I'm seeing in the second, third round, are also Tennessee receivers who had good careers at Tennessee, but Valus Jones has kind of scared me away from them coming <laughs> from that same offense. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Cedric Tillman had a great year the year before. He was injured a lot last year, but it really worries me pulling him out of that. And he's got good size. I think he's like 6'3", you know, a, a big guy with with good speed but it's it scares me to bring in a guy from that same offense is do you guys and i kind of talk out of both sides man because <laughs> when we drafted justin fields i wanted him but everyone talked about oh the ohio state quarterback the ohio state quarterback bobby bolly and he's looking okay to me i mean he looks like a franchise quarterback would that scare you guys away being from tennessee or are you guys just looking at you know, he's a big dude. He's making catches. He's making plays. Jalen Hyatt's another one that's on there. He scored a lot of touchdowns in college, but uh, just, I just, I, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard for me to just forget what has happened with Bayless Jones. Yeah, I, 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 for one, would not be scared of drafting any Tennessee guy. Uh, you you got to evaluate players on what they do as opposed to what a, a, a previous guy did. You know, like Mike North was on this whole kick about uh, Justin Fields is from Ohio State and you know, Ohio State never produces good quarterbacks. And I'm like, you, Mike, you can't do that. You can't judge Justin Fields just because there's been a string of poor Ohio State quarterbacks. He's his own player. Sometimes you can you can blame the the scheme, the system that they're playing in, but like for a wide receiver, you know, th this is about drops. This is about turnovers, and so I don't think any of these players, you know, should be judged uh, because of Bayless uh, has had the, the drops. Yeah, yeah, and, mm. and Jordan Silvera says helmet scouts are the worst. I agree. Like I said, I, I saw a lot of people that were dogging Justin Fields because he was an Ohio State quarterback. Uh, and and I was willing to give him a chance. I almost feel like it's lazy scouting. You're not going off the play you see from a certain player. You're going off history at said school and just assuming that it's not going to work out. That's like uh, Wisconsin mm -hmm. running backs. They were always, oh, don't draft these guys because they're no good. And then uh, I believe Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis is from Wisconsin. I mean, That's that guy right. was – he was the number one pick in a lot of fantasy drafts. Now, he didn't live up to expectations, but he also went through a whole lot of injuries and coaching change, et cetera, up there in Indy. So you can't always just look at the helmet and say, yeah, this guy's not going to work out. I guess I should uh, calm myself. I know Jordan's a big fan of uh, Cedric Tillman. He was telling me about him early, early in the season, you know, so uh, that's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah, Jordan's always doing the scouting. Go ahead, Chris. I'll be, I'll be... – <laughs> 
sorry, Elder. Uh, I mean, for me, it's like you can't generalize about anything, can you? You can't. It's like it's like anything in life. Oh well, you know that company they're all like this or that's like this. You know, I, I completely agree what you guys said regarding the scouting. You know, just because like like you're about uh, Justin Fields, you know, being from Ohio. I mean, it's just sort of like. Just be, you know, it's you got to you got to base everything on the individual that you know who that player is, an individual, rather than which program he comes from. Because I don't, I just don't like generalization, you know, in life really. You know, everybody's an individual. See, that's how you got to take it, rather than you know just a, a tradition of what things have happened in the past. Hey AC, uh, Danny Shimon uh, should be joining us any moment, and that's perfect timing for right. right that we're having right now but i do want to say one thing about this particular game uh that's coming up one of the reasons to watch this game bears fans is to take a look at number 91 of the buffalo bills ed oliver oh, he plays that awesome. three tech guy yes our, our friends over at cover one did a uh, a video breakdown of what he has done let me just show you a, a couple of clips while we uh while we talk about this guy, because this guy is a free agent. Uh, I don't know. Oh, what is he? I thought he was resigned. Uh, uh, no, according to a publication that I just saw recently, he's he could be available as a free agent. I, uh, I hope I'm right about that. Number 91 is a spectacular defensive tackle who would look great in a Chicago Bears uniform. Look at his pursuit here. And again, this video was compiled by uh, Cover One, our friends over there. Uh, they always do a great job of breaking down bills and draft uh, picks and so forth. So keep an eye on number 91. If indeed he is a free agent, uh, he could be somebody that the Bears will target if Deron Payne, probably the number one choice uh, for free agent acquisition, is not available to the Bears. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've been on the Deron Payne train for a while now, but I didn't realize Ed Oliver was a free agent. If Ed Oliver is a free agent, I'd take him over Deron Payne. The mm-hmm. things he's able to do uh, – I mean, I've seen quite a bit of bills this year. I mean, they put them in prime time a lot. I watched them on Thanksgiving against the Lions, and the things he's able to do at the point of attack is absolutely incredible. His pursuit toward the quarterback – I'm telling you, Sam Musford's been shitting in his pants all week thinking about this guy watching tape. There's, uh, that's, that's another reason why I'm worried about today's game. And you talk about J- Justin Fields, you don't want to get him hurt. I mean, <laughs> I don't know who we got blocking him because you got Cody Whitehair. I think he, they put him on IR. You got Musford at center who's – I mean, he's done better, but better than shit is still not <laughs> great. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then at right guard, you've got Tevin Jenkins who <laughs> – Game time decision. I mean, last week was scary. They might let him play, but it's 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 difficult. And Oliver is a matchup nightmare. Jordan uh, doesn't think that uh, uh, Deron Payne will be available, and I've been uh, debating Jordan on that. You know, the Washington Commanders have already committed twenty one million dollars to their other defensive tackle. Are they going to commit another twenty million dollars to their other defensive tackle and have a payroll? of close to $100 million for their defensive line, I don't think they can go that way. Now, I, I, you know, I could be proven wrong, but I got a feeling that they're going to allow him to test free agency. They did not pick up his fifth-year option, and so that's usually a sign that they're, they're, you're gonna, he's going to be able to test free agency. And so 
Uh, don't be surprised at all if, if pain is available. I can't speak to Orlando Brown because I haven't done my re research on that, but I, I really do believe pain will be available, and it's just going to take making a really, really inflated offer for pain. He's, right. he's probably going to get a $20, $22 million offer from some team, so we'll see. Well, the, the thing with the Commanders is they've put a lot of draft picks into that defensive line. So I feel like they'll let him test free agency because they'll get they want some of these young guys and they they continue to dip into the Alabama talent pool. I mean, if you look at their defensive line, they just every year you know they're going to grab somebody to beef up that defensive line. So they might let Deron Payne test free agency. As far as Orlando Brown, he's a guy that I'm interested in, but just like Greg Gabriel said on here, and I know you've heard it all year, Aldo, Braxton Jones can be the dude. If he gets in the weight room this offseason and helps work on against the bull rush, he can be the guy for left tackle. And Orlando Brown already requested a trade from Baltimore to go to Kansas City because he's like, I'm not playing on the right side. So if you bring him in, you're going to have to figure out the rest of your old line. Are you going to flip Braxton to the right side and let him try to figure that out? Or uh, I'd rather just stick with Braxton Jones. He's a lot cheaper. I mean, Orlando Brown's going to be $22.5 million a year. Uh, I don't see the Chiefs being able to sign him because Mahomes is making stupid money, you know, which yeah. he's worth every penny, but I just oh, yeah. don't see how they could fit it under the cap. Yeah, and Nomad says De DeForest Buckner or Bust. The thing with Buckner, and I think, you know, if you were to list all of the defensive tackles, he might be number one because of his familiarity with Eberflus. But the problem is, is that uh, he still has two years left on his contract. Now, it's not guaranteed money, so he's going to want a new, fresh contract restructured by the Colts. The problem is if they want – if the Colts, because they appear to be headed towards a rebuild, if they want to move him – They've got that they're going to demand a first round draft pick or, or a second or, you know, or multiple uh, mid round picks. And so will Ryan Poles want to invest more draft assets to pick up a 29 year old defensive lineman going to be 30 years old, I believe, next season? That's a difficult one. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just saying that's a difficult one for Ryan Poles to consider. What do you think, Chris? I agree. I mean, just as you just as you go through that, um, Alder, I would just have this thing about: Would you rather have like a top? Uh, like, would you put more sort of faith in this working out? If you if you had the chance to get a a top three draft pick, or you had chance to get the top three agent in that, which one would you feel more with? Which one you feel? More sort of guarantee that you're going to get a, a successful play because sometimes with a draft, it, it, it feels to me that it's quite you are taking a big gamble because there's, there's a big gap between the college and the NFL level. So, would you say that it's it's you're probably taking a bit of a less of a gamble by taking a, a top end free agent at a position? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it depends on the free agent, right? So if you're talking about a guy like Payne who's going to be 26 years old uh, and you know he's ready-made, there's there's very little risk that he's not going to play as well or, uh, or even better than he has in the past, then definitely go for Payne as opposed mm -hmm. to gambling on a top draft pick. We've seen a lot of busts uh, early in, uh, in first-round picks. So, uh, you know, you want to – 
you want to go with the sure thing as often as possible, but at the same time, it is is it is a costly endeavor. One of the things that this mm. Chicago Bears team is going to have to keep an eye on is the fact that Justin Fields is going to be the most uh, – he's going to land the most expensive contract in mm. NFL history in three seasons. And so you've yeah, got yeah. to make sure you've got right. that kind of money stashed away. Um, I, I believe in Justin Fields. I think his trajectory is is – way going way way up and with every great performance that's another few million dollars that's uh, yeah. gonna hit the salary cap <laughs> well one one thing we can take into consideration with deforest buckner is the colts need a quarterback all right they're sitting there with matt ryan who's almost as old as you aldo i don't know if, how long he can <laughs> stick around so maybe they package deforest and their number one and their and their first round pick to try and move up here i mean we're sitting at number two you're either going to have if if Lovey Smith has his way, maybe you'll have the best quarterback in the draft, or the second best quarterback in the draft. So maybe that's something that we'll look into. Uh, Matthew Fulcheesi says, "I'm hearing the Georgia and Bama kid are future stars." I love Jalen Carter. Honestly, I would take Jalen Carter over Will Anderson at this point. We've yeah, seen we've seen with Khalil Mack how teams are able to scheme a great defensive end out of the play out of the play. We saw it against Michael Parsons with us for the most part. I mean, he didn't have a, a game-wrecking type of game that I expected him to have against us. Uh, mm-hmm. You give me Jalen Carter in the middle, and I saw an article, I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, about uh, character concerns coming out about Jalen Carter. So maybe he falls down draft boards a little bit. You trade back maybe with, a I don't know, the Colts or – uh, who knows? You trade back a little bit, you're able to still get Jalen Carter. That would be a perfect world for me to pick up an extra first for next year. <laughs> Thanks, Phil Cheesy. Uh, but yeah, that, that would be a that would be great in, in my opinion. And to add to that thought, Eberflus in one of his press conferences this week did talk about you know the importance of the three tech, but he also added that if you get a three tech and you get a great outside pass rusher, then all of a sudden you're your uh, defensive line goes from where it is now, a D-minus level defensive line. I mean, they, they've got like nine quarterback hurries all season long. Uh, it goes from a D-minus to a B-plus or an A. Uh, and so uh, that that is important to get both of those guys. But I believe, in my opinion, and I've been saying this for years now, uh, a lot of people disagree with me, but I think that the pass rush in today's game starts in the middle starts with your defensive tackles and, and because quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball so quickly. What's the quickest way to get to that quarterback? It's a straight line. Khalil Mack, how many times have we did we see him when he was here in Chicago? He's taking that outside rush, and by the time he's taking two steps towards the quarterback, the ball is already out. So, you know, oh, oh. I, I got to interrupt. Breaking news. Berlissimo's here. He says, Jalen Carter scares me as a first-round pick at all. Massive upside, but there's more than minor issues, too. And I wonder if Berlissimo is talking about some of the off-the-field issues that Todd McShay brought up, uh, but there hasn't been anything else, or is he talking about some of the stuff that he has seen on tape regarding Jalen Carter? So that's going to be interesting to follow Berlissimo's thoughts on that. He's not the first guy who has said that regarding yeah. Carter, which is – you know, I, there's still a lot of assessment going to go on over the next few months. The, the Anderson and Carter do give me a little bit of pause, and to me, say trade down, get let's yeah. get 
multiple draft picks. If you've got the number two overall pick, you're going to get a crazy GM saying, hey, I'll give you this, 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 this. And Pulse just say, bring it on, bring it on. And then add this and then add that. And then that's how you can know fundamentals. Interesting. So, uh I, I just one of the one of my when I've been doing mock drafts too, Aaron. And one of the things that I like to do is just trade down, see what I'm being offered, and then uh, all of a sudden you got ten draft picks, and right. half of them are on on days one and two. That's a quick way to to help the rebuild. Right, and, and I, I know they're saying fundamentals, but a lot of scouts that watched that Georgia defense from last year. Who had Jordan Davis and Quay Walker and like five first round picks on it? A lot of them were saying then that that Jalen Carter was the was the best guy on their defense. So uh, I I I really I really don't know. I mean I I don't watch the t- I saw him here in Lexington. He didn't have a fantastic game against us. Uh, with, I, I expected him to dominate our offensive line, but he he really didn't. Maybe that's so if he doesn't like playing in the cold, maybe that'll give you some pause bringing him, bringing him to Chicago because that was the coldest Kentucky game I've ever been to in my entire life. Uh, it was it was definitely cold out there. I was wearing a car jersey and all that stuff on it. That's all it. And that's all the AC. Your voice has never been the same since that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a good time out there, but uh, yeah, uh, I've been trying to watch this uh, Tyree Wilson. I think it's Tyree Wilson out of uh, Texas Tech. He's a guy that Jordan had brought up um, when he was able to come, you know, in the chat last week. So I've been trying to keep an eye on him. Maybe you, you talk out about having several first-round picks. You know, if the Lions want to come up and get a quarterback, they've got fourth overall. I think. Well, theirs keeps dropping because they keep winning ball games, but their other pick is like eighteen to twenty or something like that. So maybe you can get one of those guys. I, I really don't know. Or even if Seattle wants to do a Ryan Pace and jump up one spot for their quarterback, they've got a couple of first round picks. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I'm all for trading down. Um, as much as I love Jalen Carter and, and Will Anderson was there was a guy on the Hogan Johns podcast. Uh, it was Dame Brugler who does the beast every year, fantastic scout, breaks everything down. I'll definitely be uh, downloading that whenever it comes out. That's something that I look for every year as a draft nerd. Uh, We don't don't have a paid subscription or or we don't have a partnership with The Athletic, but I definitely think the beast in itself is worth the admission for The Athletic. Uh, And um, we talked about uh, Will Anderson. He's got a really good get off and he's got – uh, a couple of different moves, but he misses tackles a lot, which <laughs> you can't have that on your defensive no. line. You know, we don't need more. We don't we need. Got, we got that already. <laughs> right, right, right. Eddie Jackson missing tackles. We don't need to put him in the box. No. <laughs> Indeed. No ball. Indeed. Well, Danny's must be running late. Um, so um, I wanted to check to see if the inactives were out yet from any of the teams to see. Uh, I want to see if Oliver is available, but they're not. So it should be another any minute now. Oh, wait a minute. Bears uh, inactives are out. Inactive for today. Chase Claypool, Equinemius St. Brown, Tevin Jenkins, Angelo Blackson. Interesting. Tim Boyle, Cody Whitehair. And Trevon Wesco. So uh, this offensive line is going to be without their two starting guards. That is going to be ugly. <laughs> I'm more worried about Claypool, man. He's a guy that you traded 
what is now yeah. the 33rd overall pick for because mm-hmm. the um, Dolphins don't have a first-round pick. So that pick goes up even more. And, and he's a guy who either can't get on the field or doesn't get on the field at the same time as Justin Fields. The last time we saw him was with Trevor Simeon uh, that I can remember. Um, and you got to build that chemistry. Mm-hmm. All right. Talking about Jared Verse, this is a guy that I've been grabbing. Like when I trade back, he's been a guy that I've been grabbing quite a bit. Jared Verse from Florida State. Yeah, I got to check him out. I have not seen him. Uh, I do have the Bills and Actors here. Uh, Xavier uh, Rhodes, uh, the cornerback, safety Dean Marlowe, linebacker uh, Balin Spencer, defensive end Boogie Basham, center Mitch Morse, offensive tackle Justin Murray, and tight end. Tommy Sweeney. So Oliver is going to be out there. He was uh, on the questionable list uh, with an ankle injury, but uh, he's going to tough it out. And I think he he's got five sacks this year. So I think he's looking at this offensive line and say, I, I might be able to get five more today. <laughs> so we'll see. Barely Smo brings up an interesting point here. Borum and Schofield are the guards. I kind of wanted to see Leatherwood at left guard mm-hmm. just because he played the left side in college. We've seen him struggle with speed off the edge, which takes him out of the tackle position. I feel like left guard would be a perfect spot for him to put him in a phone booth, as mm-hmm. they like to say. But they want to move Larry Borum in there. They, uh, I mean, um, we'll see how it goes, man. But that's that's definitely worrisome with with Ed Oliver, like you said, kind of screaming down in. Thank, I mean, not thankfully. I don't know how else to word it, but Von Miller is on IR, so they don't have to worry about him off the edge as much. But Mm-hmm. The Bills, just like the Eagles, have invested a lot in their trenches. They've went through draft picks, free agency, a lot of guys on their D line, yeah. uh, and 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 that's it's another scary front, man. And it's definitely, but what I'm looking at in these games is how the Bears can become one of those teams. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how, how do we become that dominant pass rush that we watched last week against the Eagles, where you just got dudes after dudes after dudes. Yeah. It's, it all starts in the draft and free agency for me. We just got to get through it with, with yeah. Fields being uh, healthy. That's that's my mm-hmm. that's a huge concern for me at this point. I think maybe if you can get him through this game, like I said earlier, tell everybody he's got a hammy issue and <laughs> just go ahead and put him on IR. <laughs> Let the Nathan Peter – it might not be great for the season ticket holders or the people at the games. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't I know you guys – you and uh, Dan are going up there to freeze your ass off the last week of the season, but uh, uh, I'm perfectly fine with with keeping Fields healthy. <laughs> yeah, you know it's interesting because I was reading over at the Athletic this weekend uh, in their mailbag sec- section. Uh, somebody asked uh, why not sit Justin Fields uh, the final week. The Vikings probably won't be starting their starters at that point. And Fishbane, uh, who handles the the mailbag for the Athletic, said. I have not heard anyone at Hallis Hall talk about sitting Justin Fields for that final week. And certainly Justin Fields wants to play at this point. You know, I think that Justin Fields will play, but as a fan, you know, I want to see him play, but I would totally be okay to, to, uh, uh, put some mothballs on him and, and have him sit that particular game and uh, and start all over with OTAs after that. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, I, I know you guys are going to that game. 
we're, we're working on getting my man C-Dub across the pond for next year. We'll have a barroom meetup up in Chicago. He's got to let me know, you know, what's going on with that because uh, I'll definitely drive uh, the six hours up there. To I'd love to have a barroom meetup up there. And, uh, and uh, you know, we had a great time in Cleveland, uh, <laughs> Aldo. So uh, we'll definitely yeah. – <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, we had a fantastic time, and the only thing that would have made it better in Cleveland is if Chris Watts would have been there and the Bears' victory. But of course, Matt Nagy uh, yeah. was was high on drugs that day and stuff. So let's not protect Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awful. Hey, um, I mean, I mean, I mean, I was just, just going to please. Sorry, I was there. No, no. I was going to say, you look at what you look at. Wasn't at the Cleveland game, so I might have, you know, the football sort of hooliganism, Englishness might have started coming out of it. So you're quite lucky. I, didn't, I wasn't actually there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Danny Shimon is sending me a message, and I think I sent him the wrong link because he is okay. Hold on a second. <laughs> Let me try this again. Because uh, I'd love to get his take on some of the things we're talking about. Um, let me see, Danny. Here you go. Five, right Different link, Danny. I, well, I know. Uh, I think his name is Jose. He lives up in New York. He's a huge Bears fan. He has a whole. Um, uh, I think he's really good friends with Bobby and them. Um, the, he runs the Scar, uh, which is, or that's what he calls himself. Anyway, he was sharing what the possible opponents for the bears are next year. And it, we could be back in Cleveland again, uh, depending on how they finish out in that division. Uh, I wouldn't mind going to Pittsburgh either if they end up falling to last place. Cause I've been to the outside of their stadium. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. I wouldn't yeah. mind going inside at some point. Um, Me too. That's on my bucket list. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. They don't call it Heinz field anymore. I can't remember what they, they sold it to some uh, I, I, insurance company, but I'm, I'm sure they'll. It's like uh, Kentucky plays at Kroger Field, but they yeah. used to call it Commonwealth Stadium, and a lot of people still call it Commonwealth Stadium. I don't know if that if that name will ever if that name will ever change. There he is, Danny Shimon. My apologies, I sent you the wrong link. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, are they playing a Christmas Eve prank on me? I'm like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> It's a uh, common error on my part. I've had a lot of uh, guests say, hey, what the F is going on here? <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh, I said you're wrong. Looks like Aldo dipped into that eggnog a little bit too soon. Well, that's the problem is that I'm sober. <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> See, drunk Aldo would have had it strike. You being good. Exactly. <laughs> Chris is over there drinking a beer, and I'm just feeling so envious. Well, it is uh, 25 in the afternoon, sir. I don't feel too guilty. It is Christmas Eve, but I just like to take this opportunity to say, look, Danny, man, I've I've loved the draft on tap for years, and you're an absolutely amazing uh, scout on earth. So uh, I just wanted to say hello to you, Danny, mate. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. It means a lot. Thanks for your support, and I, I know you're one of our, our bigger supporters, so we do appreciate that. And, and looking forward to Draft on Tap coming back here pretty soon. Yeah. The next couple of weeks, so we're going to be IF is going to be a big, huge uh, off season for the Bears this, this year. So. The draft is going to be big. Free agency is going to be big. So really looking forward to that. We got a ton of surprises, ton of guests coming up on Draft on Tap. We're going to really uh, kind of bring it out here because the Bears have a high pick. So, you know, it, we're, we're going to go big this year as well on Draft on Tap. Yeah, that's, that's oh, fantastic, man. And and, and I've, I've been a – 
I've been a fan as well. I know you and uh, Neil were the first guys to talk about Tevin being a guard. Look what happened when they listened to when they listened to draft on tap and stick him in a guard. He's one of the best in the league. Yeah, so, uh, yeah when he was drafted as a left tackle, we knew right away he's not going to be a left tackle just because of our scouting and what we 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 heard from other scouts in the NFL that like his his best side was on the right, whether tackle or guard, preferably guard, and and that that's where he's so far he's he's taken off. Unfortunately, he got he got a little got a little dinged up. And he might not play today, but. Uh, Definitely like like seeing his development. I love the development of Braxton Jones at left tackle. Uh, you know, we've talked about it, Aldo and I, and John and everyone. We've talked about it in terms of I think the Bears have two two solid prospects on on the offensive line. Uh, now it's just filling in the rest of them, right? Center guard, a uh, left guard, and then also a right tackle. I think right tackle is going to be the, the biggest thing we got to look at and kind of solidify in the offseason. One of my my big offseason targets, Jack Conklin from the Browns, was re-signed yesterday. So uh, right, that's one guy. Be. But hey, you know what? I know, well, you know, uh, Riley Reeve, man, he, he's up there in age, but but he's on a solid job at right tackle. And he's not an all pro or anything like that. He's obviously he's been there in the league for a long time. But, you know, it, you can do worse than just bringing in Riley Reeve back for a one year contract and, and, and maybe plugging in a, a young right tackle there to kind of compete with them at that spot. So we'll see what happens. But definitely going to be a very interesting offseason. Definitely looking forward to it. All the contested is I was looking forward to the offseason after week one. Guys, because because yeah. I, I knew they were gonna have, I, I knew what I was expecting. I wanted Justin Fields to do good, show progress, which I've done, yeah. and I'm, I'm looking. I was looking forward to the offseason because I knew what their their plan was. Their plan was to go ahead and kind of clear all that cap space, and then just just you know attack it next year, uh, you know. And I think that that's what they're gonna do. Well, we've already been on here talking yeah. a lot of draft. Uh, yeah. Sorry to cut you off there, Aldo, I'm but uh, I, I've got an interesting question. Let's say we trade down. Uh, Jalen Carter and Will Anderson both get picked. I've heard a lot about those two guys. I want to hear about maybe a Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. Do you feel like he could be a, a, a guy we might target after seeing the way the Eagles D-line dominated us last last week? And Justin Fields has made up for a lot of our uh, inefficiencies on the offensive line. Do you Is there any – if we do go offense, offensive line in the first round, is there anyone who sticks out to you? I know it's early in the season. I don't know how much you've been able to scout it, but I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, in terms of – it all depends on where you, how far you go down the draft you know, the, the, the draft board. So if, if you drop down into still in our top ten, you know, it, it got to see who's, who's out there who's available in terms of, you know, defensive talent. Because I think, obviously, right now, the, the biggest primary need right now is going to be defense, right? And I yeah. think I think they're going to attack it in the offseason. Uh, I, I think obviously offense as well, but I think they're going to attack the defensive line is going to be first and foremost. So, you know, it's, it's got to be a, it's got to be a pretty package, at least for me, it's got to be a pretty hefty package for me to drop out of the number two spot, assuming they finish at number two, because you got two guys there, Jalen Carter at defensive tackle, uh, the three technique that you're looking for, this defense actually needs to actually take that next level is right there sitting you in the face. And then Will Anderson. Now he's not an ideal defensive end in, in this, in this uh, defense. He's not a, four, three, put your hand in the ground kind of defensive end, but he's a guy. And then this, this I've come around to it more and more as I watch his tape. I think he could guy, he could be used kind of like a Von Miller, right? A guy that can, you can kind of go a little hybrid with. You could set him up at a two point stance on certain passing situations. You could, you know, you could put him in, in, the, in a defensive end, traditional defensive end position if you want, but you got to back him up in terms of giving him help there as a run, a run defender as well. So he's a guy that's going to just give you what the Bears don't have right now, which is some pressure off the edge, right? So right. either player is going to help immensely. Uh, obviously, then you take into effect what happens in free agency. But 
uh, if, it's going to take a big package for me to drop down. But assuming you drop down into the top 10, Skaranti is, is a kid that out of Northwestern that really has played left tackle since since a freshman. You know, he came in as a freshman. Slater took that uh, COVID year off. He came in and started as a freshman left tackle. has been solid since then. He's going to be very compared very similar to Slater. He doesn't have the ideal measurements in terms of left tackle stuff. And like right. I said earlier, I think Braxton Jones is your left tackle of the future. If you do go Skaranski in the first round, I think you, you plug him in at left guard. You, you say goodbye to Cody Whitehair, who's a guy who's you know good veteran, but as of right now, he's just a guy in terms of the offensive line. He's not a great player. He's not a horrible player. He's just just an offensive, you know, just a guy there making nine million. So you mm-hmm. clear more cap space and you plug in Skaronsky there at, at left guard, and I think your future is bright on the left side with with Braxton Jones and Skaronsky there. Mm-hmm. Well, Adam, did you have anything else, or do you want me to ask another yeah, question? I, I just wanted to uh, get. The- <laughs> opinion on, on Carter because Berlissimo uh, was saying, pointing out some of the negatives with Carter or Jalen Carter. Uh, footwork, his base, hip level are flat out bad. On the floor, way too much issues with gas in the tank. Do you see the same thing when you look at Jalen Carter? Jalen Carter is being used as a as a nose tackle or, or a five technique at Georgia. He's not being used the way the Bears are going to use him here in, in the system where he's going to be asked to continuously get upfield, uh, and, and be a be a penetrator into the backfield. I think once you get him into the Bears offseason, you, you, there's some there's some bad weight on him. He's got to drop a little bit of weight, get get some get some better weight on there, drop some of that fat. But I think the kid's got some dog in him, and I love my defensive tackle. He's got the dog mentality. He's a guy that's gonna I think create havoc in the middle of, of the football field. And I, I think you know Barry you know does a great job. But I think he likes Brian Breesy from from Clemson for the Bears. Mm-hmm. I can't stand Brian Breesy in terms of Brian Breesy for the for this system. Uh, I think he could play one technique in the system, but he's not a three technique. And I think Jalen mm-hmm. Carter has the athletic ability, the twitch you're looking for in a defensive lineman to get up front and, and make plays. Now you know that the thing is you know do you do you go with Jalen Carter at at, at, defense, at three technique or do you go ahead and, and get you know, Will Anderson bringing the edge. That all, again, depends on what you do in free agency. If you get a defensive tackle in free agency, now you can finally look at Will Anderson as, as your edge guy. But, yeah, for me, it's it's Jalen Carter in, in that middle of that defensive line. And, uh, I mean, and, and what he does also is he, he is a just a beast in terms of creating speed to power, right? He, he can, guy can put his hands out into the chest of a defense offensive lineman and just walk him backwards. So, you know, like seeing that kind of disruption in, in the backfield as well. Do you see some plays where – yeah, he's not, you know, full bore, you know, uh, um, hits principle, if you will, uh, you know, to the to the ball carrier. There are some times where you do see that, um, you know, he's also a, a guy that that can get in terms of his uh, run technique and run defense can get, little, you know, offensive lineman lets him into his pad level and kind of loses, you know, some of that leverage there. So you can see some of that about, but he's not the perfect, you know, prospect, but he's a guy that what he gives you physically and what he gives you in terms of presence in the middle of that defensive line, I think would be a huge upgrade. Yeah, well, before you came on, I told Aldo I like Carter over Will Anderson as well. I just feel like he, the things he can do in the middle of our line is great. But if, if you are going defensive end, and let's just say for whatever reason, whether we trade down or Lovey Smith has his way and he gets Will Anderson in Houston, a lot of guys in the chat are talking about Miles Murphy, and I've heard um, Jordan Silvera talk about uh, Tyree Wilson. Have you been able to scout either of those guys? Uh, and and do you think they maybe fit better? I think Nomad was talking about Murphy in the chat, uh, talking about 
his size, athleticism, fit in this scheme better than a Will Anderson. Have you have you looked at either of those guys? Well, in, in terms of a more traditional defensive end, yeah. I mean, I think I think a guy like Miles Murphy, you know, 6'3", 265 right now at Clemson, has that quick, you know, that quick twitch ability on his frame. You know, got a you know solid first, you know, quick step, first step quickness off off the line of scrimmage. So you know, but he's a guy that's got to work also on on his repertoire in terms of you know, his pass rush ability. You know, he's, he's a guy that relies a lot on his athletic ability right now in terms of his size, his length, but he's got to work on his, his repertoire. He's not a finished product by no means. And in terms mm-hmm. of other guys at defensive end, Zach Harrison from Ohio State is a guy that doesn't get a lot of pub on that defense uh, mm-hmm. because obviously their offense is, is, you know, the main the main attraction there on Ohio State, but he's a guy at 6'4", you know, 260. Another guy that's going to gonna be a nice defensive, base defensive end for you as well. So, you know, if, if you're looking like moving on down off of, off of Will Anderson from that, you know, First, I think Miles Murphy is a first rounder. Zach Harrison has has some work to do in terms of maybe getting into that first round, but he's a guy possibly in that second or, or, or third round area. We'll we'll see how everything kind of shakes out here as we get closer to the draft. But uh, but yeah, those, a couple of those names are, are guys to keep keeping you know keep in mind there as well. So um, you know there, there's a ton of talent. You're always gonna find talent in you know, in the draft, and it's just a matter of just kind of weeding through all the all the you know names and, and kind of finding guys that fit your scheme and fit your system. And I mean, even if you bring in a, a base defensive end in free agency and then you, and you bring in a, a situational pass rusher, you know, a guy that can come in and just fly off the edge on third and third downs or passing situations, that's also going to help your defense as well. Now, if you have some push up front in the middle with a Carter or with if, uh, Deron Payne, you know, the free agency wish that everyone wants here, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's something you, you can take a look at as well. But another name to keep an eye on, no one's talking about is Jonathan Allen from, from Washington. You know, if, if they keep Deron Payne, they're going to be yeah. up against the cap. And I think Jonathan Allen could be expendable there. Uh, so another guy, you know, not necessarily the three technique you're looking for in terms of athletic ability, but definitely a, a guy that creates havoc in the middle of the defensive line. So there are going to be a lot of options, guys, that we don't even know about yet. Guys that become available, you know. So th- these are guys that are going to gonna come out and then you can go ahead and, and kind of plug in there and be like, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming, right? And then so we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, definitely a lot of interesting names out there. You, you, you combine, you know, def, uh, draft and a free agency, you, you're going to have a whole new defensive front, which is what I've been asking for all season is that defensive line. Uh, other than maybe then maybe Dominique Robinson, everyone else can go for me. Uh, yeah. I'm not keeping anybody. Danny, I got a quick one for you. Um, Tevin Jenkins will not be playing today. It looks like Larry Borum is going to be tr- uh, played at the guard position. What do you, what are your expectations for him at, at playing that position? He's playing left guard, correct? Was he playing right guard? I think he's playing left. Okay, so I, I heard he was practicing a left guard. We'll see. I mean, he, he's been he's been right he's been on the right side you know majority of his career here with the Bears. I know he he practiced a left tackle uh, earlier on, but I, I we'll we'll take a look and see. Now for me, I probably would have kind of stuck him at right guard and put Michael Schofield, who who actually filled in at left guard when Whitehair was out, just to kind of keep some continuity there. So we'll we'll see what what they do with here. But I mean, I would have preferred to see Borum at right guard. But now that's the although you know that's who I saw Borum or where I saw Borum playing coming out of Missouri, I saw him playing a guard. I didn't see him playing any of the tackle positions. So I think I may, it might be a more natural fifth for him. So uh, left guard is going to be something different for him in terms of the side he's going to be playing on. So that's going to be interesting to see here. Um, but, you know, I, I wish, you know, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully they do start him at right guard and, and flip Schofield over left guard. We'll see how that goes. But, yeah, if, if he is flipped to left guard, again, the more positions you can play, especially on the interior of the offensive line, the more valuable you are. And I think Borum could become a nice, valuable backup at both guard positions uh even even at right tackle you know going into next season once you we all expecting them to you know beef up and, and upgrade their offensive line yeah Thank you. I, I got a question for we'll go around the horn on this one 
I've heard it on the score. I think I might have heard it on ESPN 1000 a couple of times. If you look at the last two weeks, last week we played the Eagles, who made a big trade for A.J. Brown, and that's turned out fantastic for them. This week you see Stephon Diggs, who they traded for to help Josh Allen take that next step. Uh, I know we already sent a draft pick to Pittsburgh for Claypool, hoping that that would work out, but he's not really – it hasn't looked great so far. DeAndre Hopkins is a guy out in Arizona who's yep. – he's getting up there in age, so maybe you can swing a third, fourth-round pick for him or something. Yep. Would that be something that you're – I know, Danny, you're against trading draft picks a lot of the time, but this is a proven player who makes all the catches, makes everyone look stupid in coverage. Uh I'll start with Danny, then we'll go Aldo, Chris, and, and and I'll give my final thoughts on it. Is that a is that would you be interested in trading for a Hopkins to try and help Justin get to the next level of quarterbacking that we need to see? It's funny you mention that because I think Aldo was one of the shows you did. I don't know if it was it was you know uh, Bear Football or or we did a Bear Truth, and I said DeAndre Hopkins is going to be available in this offseason, guys. Uh, I think I think Arizona is going to go ahead and, and blow it up. I think, uh, you know, Kingsbury is going to be out. I think, you know, obviously Murray is going to be out for most of the next season. So I think they're going to go ahead and blow up. I think Hopkins' salary, if I'm not mistaken, is up near a 20 million range. And I think Arizona is going to look to try and recoup some of that some of that salary back. And I think he is going to be available. And I think he, you're right. He'll be available for a, a third or fourth round pick, which to me is, is going to be a steal. Now, again, he's up there in age, but he's, he's, not, a, he's not a guy that, that uh, I would say no to because there's no one out there right now. That that's going to be better than DeAndre Hopkins, right? He's still a guy. As as you, I don't know if you guys have been watching this in season hard knocks. He's a guy that's still passionate. He's a guy that still can play. Uh, you know, he's really had some 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 um, you know shoddy quarterback play, if you will, other than when he was with uh, with Houston and, and Deshaun Watson. So mm-hmm. in, in terms of Arizona, he's had some shoddy quarterback play, but still, he's a guy that puts up some some really good really good numbers. Uh, again, not a guy, not a speed demon, but again, you can always offset that in the draft. You can always get your guys a speed guy. You know, like a Jalen Wyatt. A four-three guy in the draft, just one name to throw out there for an example. You can always get your speed guy in the draft and bring in a, a true number one like like Hop there, uh, and I think that would do wonders because now you now you just bump down Darnell Mooney, you bump down Chase Claypool, you add you, you, you if you bring it back either one of these guys, you know, the St. Brown or or, or Patterson, or one of these guys, they all kind of slot back down to their normal positions, which is the number four, number five receivers, right? So for me, DeAndre Hopkins is a, is a veteran out there is going to be available. Um, you know, I've been kind of scoping around and seeing what other veterans might come loose. You know, there's talk mm-hmm. about Keenan Allen being available from the from the Chargers. You know, we'll see how that comes out. But he's a guy, you know, whenever he's on the football field, Keenan Allen, that is, he's always productive. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of just making sure he stays healthy. And I, I can't remember the last time Keenan Allen played a full season. So, that, yeah. you know, but, yeah, Hopkins mm-hmm. is a guy, if you get him for, for a day three pick or, or a late day two pick, definitely a guy I'd be interested in for sure. And Ryan Poles yeah. is not going to come out of this draft with just eight picks, guys. We saw from his first draft last year. He went in with, what, five? Ended up with twelve, so he is gonna he is gonna trade mm-hmm. down, he is gonna maneuver, he is gonna end up having more and more picks. So I mean, giving up a third round, possibly a future pick for Hopkins, could be something you know he he will look into. Yeah, I gotta I, I agree with PZ here, uh, who says Hopkins uh, is injury prone, and at thirty years old, he was on the injury list four times in twenty twenty one. He's had injuries this season too. This is a recipe. If you're going to follow that plan, you're, we're back to the Ryan Pace days where you're going to uh, pick up veterans and they're going to miss time and so forth. I think the Ryan Poles plan is 
very, very patient. Let's do this methodically. He did take a, cha a chance on Chase Claypool and in, in dealing for that second round pick, but he did that because he looked at the free agent market for yeah. 2023 and said, there's nothing there. I got to be proactive. He took a chance. It, it has not worked out so far, but as Greg Gabriel has said multiple times, he's talked to scouts and coaches who have worked on this system that uh, Luke Getze is installing for the Bears. And he says it takes a good off season to really learn this off uh, offense. The, the, you know, it's, it's it, the schematics on it are complicated enough that you've got to be patient, particularly with your wide receivers. And I think that's a big part of what we have seen this season so far with Deandre, excuse me, with Chase Claypool and with Justin Fields. You know, there's, you know, when we evaluate Chase Claypool's performance so far, we also have to consider that Fields has been a little late in throwing up passes and a little late in finding the guys. It hasn't thrown guys open and so forth. And those are the things that we know are going to improve with time. And I, I truly believe that Claypool can be a solid number two. Darnell uh, Mooney can also be a solid number two. We've got to find that number one wide receiver. And perhaps that wide receiver is waiting for us in the second round of this draft. I don't see a, I don't see a number one receiver in the second mm. round of this draft as of right now. As of right now, I don't see a second uh, second round number one receiver in this draft. I see a number a couple of number twos. I see guys that could potentially be a number one. You know, one guy is not talked about a lot, and AC you'll know this guy. You'll know this name because he plays in the SEC. Is Cedric Tillman? He's a guy from Tennessee that's got got a lot of injuries, but that guy guy's got some got some ability in him. He's not a speed burner like like uh, Wyatt, uh, but he's a guy that that makes those tough catches, contests his catches. And and Cedric Tillman is a guy. And there's Billy Smart asking about him right there. Tillman is a guy that I do like so far. I love Jordan Addison out of USC. I know he's got he's got some injuries this year, oh. but you know, going back last year at Pitt, the Blundikoff Award winner. Uh, but again, he's he's similar in, in terms of style and, and type to like say a guy like Mooney or a guy like Stephon mm -hmm. Diggs. And if you're looking for you know for that big body receiver, you know you have you have some you have Claypool. Maybe you bring back and kill Harry. But um, but one thing about Hopkins, although I, I will disagree, is is other than this year where he got suspended. You know, he hasn't really missed that much time. I mean, maybe may a game here or there, but he's always been productive. He plays through injuries, and he's a consummate pro. Um, that 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 PED suspension this year was something off, you know, off the radar. Like no one of you saw that coming. Um, so, and then he's a guy off the football field is is you know exemplary in terms of what he does in the community and all that stuff. So, I think it's a one year deal he's got left on his contract. So, if you're bringing him in for one year, trying to be that number one pseudo number one, if you will, and maybe even show some of these young guys how to how to lead the way. And you know I'm against giving up draft picks, but a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, who I think can still be very productive, can be a true number one, I think will go a long way in helping the Bears' young receivers grow and become, you know, what they potentially can become in this offense. Nomad is not a fan of Addison. No, I, I shouldn't say he's not a fan of Addison. He is uh, compares him to Darnell Mooney. So, uh, Chris, you were gonna, uh, you had a question. No, I mean, I mean, I was just going to say that, you know, I sort of agree a lot with what Daddy says, really. I'd just like us to have, like, a, you know, a top name as a wide receiver, as a wide receiver. You know, somebody that, you know, as soon as he walks onto the pitch, the defence are all looking at him going, he's, you know, he's going to kill us today. So I would yeah. like the idea of somebody like Hopkins, somebody, you know, who's, who's proven, who's been there and done it, because we're still going to have a very young squad. Uh, and I just think, really, with the amount of cap space money we've got, 
then you could really start putting them dimes in now, putting them special players into the team, uh, you know, to, to bring up the, the level on the offense, which we, you know, we desperately need as well for, for Justin Fields to keep improving. We need to improve in the speaker, uh, speakers into the, in the receiver group. Yeah, uh, guys, uh, keep in mind real quick is, is keep in mind tight end guys. You know, I, I know Cole Komet's kind of come off here and, and done a great job and has developed, but imagine getting a, a, a actual split wide tight end. I've been saying this all year, like like a Gasecki or, or someone like that caliber, where a guy can be a passing threat down the middle of the football field. That can also help open up your passing game as well. So I know we're we're, we're you know constantly looking at the receiver position, which which is you know what needs help. But if you if you go and get a, a big play tight end that can pair up with with Cole Komet. And now you got your running backs coming out. You got Justin Fields as a threatening running back. And now you got your young receivers where you add a Jordan Addison or you add, for example, Cedric Tillman. You now you're developing a young receiving core with a, a nice solid foundation at tight end and your backfield. Now you got some weapons all over the football field. Now that's even tougher for a defense. You know, I, Chris, I agree with you in terms of traditionally you want a number one guy that defenses kind of look at and, and you know hone in on. But what if you have a bunch of guys all over the football field, whether it's a tight end, a receiver oh. coming out of the backfield, at quarterback? You're going to have ability to make plays out of all multiple positions. So I think that's another thing to keep in mind is, you know, you know, in case we don't, you don't get a guy, a big name receiver in free agency, you know, keep in mind or trade, I should say, keep in mind that there's other ways you can improve this offense and add big play ability all around the football field. Good stuff. Uh, I, I'm all for trading for D-Hop. Uh, he's, uh, I think I've heard – um, Mark Grody say a uh, Giagi, a go up and get it guy. Uh, we, mm -hmm. we see it all the time out of Hopkins. We've how many times have we seen Kyler Murray just say, Fuck it, D, D hops down there somewhere? He just chucks it deep and D hop comes down with it, man. And and, and you'll see him, he could be in triple quadruple coverage sometimes and come down with the football. The guy's just a he's a monster. Uh, I know there's injury concern and age concern, but that could lower his price a little bit, which works works for me i'm not worried about the cap hit because we have the most cap space in the entire league um i just feel like it's a good fit nomad did talk about um jalen hyatt uh name written all over with the deep ball tracker my only concern with that is i do see him a lot in tennessee he's able to run away from guys I don't know if he's going to be – and his quarterback just finds him. Hendon Hooker is able to find him quite a bit. If you go back and watch him against Alabama, you saw it a lot. But you're not really seeing him specifically run a a technician at, a, at route running. You know what I'm saying? He's just kind of running away from guys, and his quarterback finds him. Yeah. Uh, whereas D-Hop, he's not the fastest guy. He's not the biggest guy, but his routes are crisp and absolutely beautiful. And that's the kind of guy you need. Also, that could be a leader – for a young wide receiver core, you know, you learn a thing or two from D hop. <laughs> There's a lot, you know, I mean, we talked about it with uh, Robert Quinn, a, a defensive end. When we had him, you know, some of these younger guys can learn things from him. I, I'm all for it. There's, there's guys that, you know, there, there's guys like later on in the draft, there's a guy, keep my name on this, this guy's A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. Yeah, guy is not, he's not going to run, he's not going to run a 4-4-40. He's going to want to make a 4-5-4-6 at the combine. I was going to drop him down. He might be in the third, he might be in the third day available there, fourth round, something like that. But let's talk about a guy who makes contested catches, uh, ability to get away from his frame, you know, go up and make a, you know, make a, a, a Gawaki guy, go up and get the, get the ball in, in traffic. A.T. Perry's a guy to keep a name, name on or an eye on later on in the draft. And I, I, I don't know if you've seen this guy, A.C., but Zay Flowers from Boston College. Talk about a quick twitch, quick twitch receiver, big player ability. Not the biggest guy in the world. I know he's going to get knocked because of that. So that's a guy you might find in the second round. But Zay Flowers from Boston College is a big play receiver as well.
Yeah, I've seen him there quite a bit in mock drafts, but when I click on his profile, it says he's like 16 something. And I, I just, I, I haven't seen his tape. I don't watch ACC quite a bit unless we're beating the hell out of Louisville. That's the only time I see ACC football every year. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I just, is he a lot like Mooney? Are we bringing in another? Are we looking at another Mooney? Because but there's nothing wrong with having two Moonies, right? That's, I mean, that's Don Moon's true, a yeah. damn good receiver. Yeah, yeah. Four Mooneys isn't a bad one. thing, I guess. Yeah. There's no rule really, you only have one Darnell Mooney, guys. You can have three of them out there if you want. They're going to be all three good receivers. But uh, and you already got the size with 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 Claypool with with the tight end and and, and Cole Komet. You, you can go, go add another guy in reach free agency in terms of you know um, uh, bigger bigger guys. But you know, talking about guys that quick twitch, guys that can make plays in the open field. Remember, a lot of this offense is get the ball out of Justin Fields' hands, get him in the hands of the playmakers, and guys guys like, you know, Zay Flowers or or even like, you know, Wyatt, or, you know, guys that can just get the ball in their hands and make them, you know, go and do their thing. You know, there's another guy from North Carolina. You know, I know you like what ACC football, about Josh Downs. You know, not a guy I would get in the first, you know, first couple of days, but maybe, maybe a guy in the third day. You know, undersized, slot receiver, you know, quick twitch, guy get the ball in his hands and see what he can do as well. So, a ton of talent, a ton of ways you can you can kind of put this thing together. Uh, but so I th- I just think like it's going to be so interesting and so you know everyone's going to be like you know uh, seeing what moves happen. Hey, we trades happened last year that we didn't. I don't think AJ Brown yeah. was going to get traded. So who knows who's gonna be out there? <laughs> which team is going to be out there that's going to be looking to you know maybe you know get some cap draft capital for a receiver that that we don't know is unhappy or wants a new contract and we don't know about yet. You know, so there's a ton of surprises. As I'm saying, you got you got to stay tuned to the. Barroom Network, you got to watch Draft on Tap, watch all of our shows because we're going to have this covered for you guys wall to wall. And just a quick point regarding uh, uh, receiver size. One of the things about this offense is that it really requires big, strong wide receivers because of all the blocking involved. Mm-hmm. I was, since the middle of the season, I, I was starting to get worried about Darnell Mooney because I saw him going up. You know, the guy plays with a lot of heart, but because of his size, he was getting squashed around by big linebackers, and sometimes even a defensive lineman would be in his way, and, and the poor guy had to sacrifice his body for a block, and look at what happened. He, he suffered an injury. So I'm not saying, you know, hands off of these smaller Darnell Mooney-type receivers because you need playmakers no matter what size, but at the same time, if you can find a playmaker who has six-foot-two size and can uh, uh, take on a linebacker in a blocking assignment – then I, I would prefer to go that route. Yeah, I mean, I agree. The, the bigger the receiver, I mean, obviously, A.T. Perry is 6'3", 6'4". Uh, he's a guy that, again, from Wake Forest, could be available on day three. You know, uh, Quinton Johnston from, from TCU is a guy that a lot of people are, are kind of floating out there in the first round. Uh, you know, the, that's a bigger five. bigger body receiver <laughs> as well. Now, I don't know about his blocking, but, again, that's something you, you got to probably coach up and, and get him better at. So, you know, there, there's going to be tons of – we talked about tight end, right? You can always go get yourself a couple more tight ends here. And, um, you know, Kincaid from Utah is a big guy uh, who's, who's a pass threat, you know, but not not more of not not the big play receiver like like say Gusecki is or something like that, but definitely a guy that could be flanked out there and used as blocking as well. So ton of talent, ton of different ways you can put things together here. So it's just like I said, again, just really exciting to to have the ability with a full draft class with the, the salary cap. So, you know, Ryan Poles is, is on, you know, is, he's on the clock here. And I, I, guys, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on, on Ryan Poles because so far looks like he can, he can find some good offensive line talent. Got Braxton Jones in the fifth round. You know, some of the other guys, Jatir Carter, I think we're going to see him develop, uh, take a bigger role next year, but skill position guys, I, I have, I have my, I'm going to hold my, 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 uh, my, uh, my reservations there on Ryan Poles because so far, 
you know, Bayless Jones can't hold on to the football. Third round pick, you know, Claypool, second round, high second round pick for a guy that may or may not, you know, uh, progress in his offense. Again, I'm not saying the, the, those two guys are busts. I'm not throwing them away. I'm just kind of keeping an eye on it and making yeah. sure that Ryan Poles and his staff can, can find us some of these, uh, some of these uh, skill position players that we need. Well, from what I can understand, Bayless Jones was a Getsy pick. He was, he wanted a guy that could make uh, make the plays, do the reverses, those type of things, which I think he could still do. He just, man, right. you can't fumble. And Eberflus has definitely made it abundantly clear that he is not down with that. I think uh, the, I think Bayless uh, Jones, as my mom used to say, is skating on thin ice. I don't... <laughs> one, thing, one good thing, though, is, is we've seen receivers who've come into the league with fumble problems correct that, right? You just got to work on it and just gotta get in front of that drugs machine. You know, do what Donald Mooney has. Uh, has. He's got a drug machine at the house, right? Just just work on it, continue to work on it, and he can correct that. Now, if he doesn't correct it, then we got problems there. But the other thing with, with Bayless Jones is that he's so limited in terms of his route, route running ability, right? He's, he's a guy that was used as a gadget player, was a, was a kickoff returner at, at both USC and Tennessee. So his his route running ability is, is very limited. So that's something he's got to get into as well. He's, it's a big offseason for Bayless Jones. He's got to get to improve his rut running ability, you know, be a better th- threat in terms of as an actual receiver down the football field, and obviously then hold on to the football. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, it's almost uh, – we're less than an hour away from game time. Is it time to pull the plug, AC? AC plug. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of guys in the chat. People, I think we really got the chat bumping a little bit, talking about trading for guys. We got Mike Evans in here who who knows when Brady finally hangs him up, maybe Mike Evans is looking for an out. You know, Godwin just got his big payday. We talked about uh, D-Hop. We talked about uh, – there was other guys in here talking about Amari Cooper. I, I don't know what his situation is I think in Cooper, Cleveland. Did Cooper sign a contract extension with the Browns and they traded? I thought he did, but I felt like they got him really cheap. I don't think they paid him. Yeah, they got him for like a, like a fifth-round pick, I think, they got him for. Yeah, right? They, yeah, they so, actually I mean, stole him from, from Dallas. But, uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so there, although a quick question for you. Mike Evans or, or DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, talk about uh, Mike Evans missed a lot of, a lot of games in terms of injuries. He's, mm-hmm. I think he's more of a uh, guagi guy, right? In terms of Hopkins, gives you both. He gives you route running and gives you some of that ability to go up and make a play. So, and he might cost you more to get Mike Evans because he's a younger, younger player too. Um, yeah. You know. uh, yeah, that's a tough question. I, I would have to uh, say answer that by who, who would offer me the better deal. You know, if if I really wanted one of those two wide receivers, who could I get? Maybe on a one year contract or, or a two year contract. Uh, even if you know the bulk of it is guaranteed money, then I would take that risk uh, with a guy like that. But if any one of those two guys wants a four or five year contract to play with the Bears, uh, I'm I'm not sure that's the right way to go. I mentioned earlier before you gotta also remember that Justin Fields is going to require about thirty five million dollars in three years. Uh, yeah, so maybe 50 in, indeed. So, you know, it, it, there is plenty of cap money, but also you got to manage it judiciously because if you don't, then you run into the Ryan Pace, New Orleans Saints model of, you know, all of a sudden not having money to retain players or only having money enough for one superstar. Uh, and that's not a, a motto. I don't think Ryan Poles wants. And, I, and me as a fan, I don't want that either. Yeah. I think we'll see a lot with with Ian Cunningham and Ryan Poles. I think we'll see a lot of value and and putting money and draft picks into the trenches this offseason. I think that, like I said, they saw it last week with Philly. They're going to see it again this to, today with Buffalo. And I think this is the new way to build 
teams. It used to be as long as you got a quarterback, you know, Aaron Rodgers can get you as far as he can get you. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, you got to be able to protect your quarterback and, and nail a quarterback. You know, that's what – I mean, not too hard now. That's a flag. Don't tackle him too hard, Jalen Phillips out there in Miami. God, that drives me nuts. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we, we've talked – a lot. We've talked draft. We've talked free agency. I'll definitely be watching for draft on tap. It's one of my favorite shows on the Barroom Network. Danny and Neil do amazing work, uh, and, and and I'm definitely looking forward to that coming back. But we'll go around the room here and uh, give me your uh, score prediction, bowl prediction, offensive, defensive MVP, and uh, hit any shout outs. I'll start with you, Danny. Go ahead. All right. So for today's game, bowl prediction, uh, it's it's you know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, the, the Bears on a cover? Is, is that a bowl prediction? I'm, I'm yeah, not that's sure. a bowl last week. <laughs> but right. uh, in terms of defensive and offensive MVP, you're talking about today or just for the season? Today. The, uh, today? Well, obviously, I think today, obviously so. it's going to be Justin Fields because whenever he's on a football field, he is, he is the best player on offense for the Bears. Defensively, interesting. I, I think I think Jacon Brisker is going to make a couple plays today. I think he's a guy who's going to come up today and make a, may, may, may make a pick. You know, Josh Allen's gotten a little little careless with the football in the red zone, yeah. so look for Brisker or maybe even my guy, DHC, who gets no love for whatever reason to, to come hey, up. He's been doing make, well in, in Eddie Jackson's make absence. A pick here. So I, I think the Bears are going, to, are going to turn over Josh Allen. Doesn't mean they're going to win the football game, but I think that those are my, my, my defensive uh, picks there. And in terms of uh, what's coming up, guys, like I said, uh, Bear football is, is always going to be on after the game, except for, I believe, this week. Uh, and then um, in terms of, you know, coming up, draft on tap, we talked about big things coming up. Uh, there's some some announcements that Aldo and I are going to make here coming up soon on draft on tap in terms of some of the improvements, uh, some of the guests we're going to have. We're, like I said, we're going to have, Bears going to have a full boat of draft picks, probably going to have even more picks than eight, like I said, once the draft is completed. Uh, we're going to be covering it for you guys from wall to wall and breaking down all the position the Bears need. Uh, obviously, defensive line, offensive tackle, off- offensive guard, uh, receiver. You know, these are going to be all positions that we're going to break down, linebacker uh, and more. Uh, so it's going to be a huge season for, for draft on tap. Uh, look for that announcement in terms of when the official start date was, is going to be projected. Uh, Aldo and I are in conversations right now. And once that comes out, full bore ahead with, with draft talk, guys. And uh, we're looking forward to having all you guys there participating. AC, you, you still owe me uh, an appearance on draft on tap. Maybe maybe we'll talk Will Levis this, this year. Hold on. <laughs> He could be a key guy for the Bears in terms of the who's going to want to come up and try and get him. So, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have AC on, we'll have other, other guests on to, to talk draft prospects and, and break everything down. So looking forward to to draft on tap starting up here really soon. I didn't, I didn't even think about linebacker with all the talk we had. I love the, the draft talk, talking prospects. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg is the guy I've been grabbing a lot in my mock drafts. Uh, he's a uh, – uh, freaking linebacker out of Ohio State. Uh, that's that's a definitely a guy who I watched in the Michigan game. Even though they got blown out, he was out there making plays. Looked a lot like the jackhammer to me. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely come on Draft on Tap. Like I said, it's one of my favorite shows. I'm on day shift now, so your boy wakes up early, and he'll be ready to go uh, for <laughs> sure. Uh, just give me some notes of who we're going to talk about, and I'll, I'll do my best. You know I know how to talk. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, go ahead, Aldo, and hit me with uh, with your score prediction, bowl prediction, offensive, defensive, MVP, and hit some shout-outs, brother. You got it. Uh, bold prediction, I think the Bears are going to win today. Uh, why not? <laughs> You're not going to remember <laughs> if I get it wrong. Right? <laughs> Fuck them draft picks. <laughs> the, money, <laughs> oh. the, money, 
the money line is 310. So, you know, they put $10, uh, go over to DraftKings or whatever app you use, put $10 on it, and you, you'll win some money back. Why not? Uh, offensive MVP, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Cole Komet. I got Cole maybe scoring a couple of touchdowns. Uh, this Buffalo Bills defense is ripe for the tight end to do some damage to them. The defensive uh, MVP is how about if Al Kadim Muhammad finally gets Ooh. off his ass and, and gets to <laughs> these are bold predictions, Danny. Yeah, yeah. It's a big. <laughs> you, you, you've been drinking. You tell me you're not drunk. You've been drinking. <laughs> me, uh, the, the hangover I got from Friday is still, still impacting me. <laughs> And uh, shout outs. I want to let people know that uh, Danny, Greg Gabriel, and myself are going to be at the East West Shrine Bowl game, uh, scouting players for the Barroom Network. And of course, Greg is going to be there in his capacity uh, because he's on the advisory council for the East West Shrine game. Uh, but we'll be talking to him on behalf of the Barroom Network. And uh, Danny and I are going to be out there to do some scouting. Hopefully, we can get somebody down to the Senior Bowl to do some scouting on our behalf. Uh, but that is, uh, I think, huge news for the Barroom Network. The East-West Shrine Bowl game, there's a possibility the Chicago Bears coaching staff could be coaching one of the all-star teams. Uh, so that would make it even more interesting. Uh, Bellissimo says that my predictions are meth <laughs> predictions. It's not that I'm high. It's, uh, <laughs> I am really whacked out. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I'm hoping that Greg is available on Monday so that we can do a review show of this Bears game and also talk further about the draft. And then also we've got some other special very, very special announcements about some of our programming, our regular programming that's going to go some personnel shifts, and that announcement will be made very, very soon. Chris, what do you got? Awesome. Well, I think I think uh, the game the game sort of prediction is probably going to be, I'd say, 21 to 14 to uh, Buffalo. I want to go where you went, Aldo, but I just didn't have the bollocks to do it. Um, but also, I'd just like to say it's just been awesome to, to chat to uh, Danny. I'm not, I, I don't really catch much college football, so I rely on Danny and Neil on, on Draft on Tap for all my information about the draft coming up. So it's been an absolute honour and a blast to finally say hello to you, Danny. Um, also, as well, quick one for you all, Dur. I just like to say thank you for letting me be on the uh, on the network for just over a year now. So I appreciate that you've uh, you've put up with my ridiculous behaviour and bad accent for a year. And uh, also to my mate... Also we to we my ain't got no problem AC. with accents, Chris. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I'm not me and you talking, God's sake. You know what I mean? But yeah, AC, mate, it's always awesome to talk to you every week, man. You know what I mean? It's Pre-game is one of my favourite times of the week chat to you, mate. I hope your family and uh, Scotty have a great Christmas. And yeah, I just want to say happy Christmas to everybody in the chat and who's watching the show. And uh, everybody, have a, have, everybody have a good time. Yeah, man, that, that's great. Scotty's going to have a great Christmas. He's he's definitely got more presents than me under that tree. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess I'll get into mine. Uh, bold prediction. Um well, hell, what Aldo said was very bold. Al-Kadi Muhammad doing anything is, is a bold <laughs> prediction. Uh, that's <laughs> kind of threw me off a little bit. Uh, I think the score prediction – actually, Chris, you had a bold prediction too. You said 21-14. That means uh, uh -huh. Santos hits both of his extra points, so that's bold as well. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say uh, I'm score prediction. I'm going to go uh, Buffalo wins this one 24 to uh, – 
24-17. I think it's a decent game. Uh, the defense Ooh. hangs in there. Uh, the O-line, I'll be watching them quite a bit this, this game to see how they hold up against this incredible defensive front. I wanted to see Leatherwood in the left guard position just to see what he could do there. But uh, I just I, – I, I don't know. Um, I guess I'm, they don't pay me to make those decisions. <laughs> Offensive MVP, you got to go Justin Fields. I mean, he's the whole team, really. He's the only reason why I even tune in every week. Uh, and, and I hate to say that. Defensive MVP, I can't say Jack Sam more. My guy's hurt. I'm sorry. <laughs> RIP, pour out a little something. Uh, and, and but uh, defensive MVP, yeah, I, I think I'll go with you, Danny. I'm gonna go Brisker. I might wear my Brisker jersey today. Actually, I already already invested in that. Uh, I, I like the way he plays. I like the way he hits, and he can and he can play the ball pretty well as well. I, I like Brisker a lot. He's a building block for the future. Um, shout outs everybody in the chat. Berlissimo came in here dropping knowledge. Nomads in here. I got to see him on the uh, Dan and Aldo show last week. That was awesome. Uh, no man, the iced out snowman. That was cool. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, Matthew Fulcisi comes in here every week. Um, Nicholas Ulbrich says Leatherwood is hot garbage. Uh, maybe. We don't know. <laughs> but uh, definitely thanks for you guys for coming on. Aldo coming through, running the boards backstage for me, which was awesome. I got to relax and just talk a little bit. There Shout out go. to Danny Shimon, my man, coming on here, giving us all the rundown. I mean – he didn't even know what we were going to ask. And he just, he just got it. He just popped off the top of his head, man. It's incredible the way you're able to just throw that out. My man, Chris Watts come through every single week. My man comes through here. If I've got something going on Sunday, you'll see a Chris Watts and Aldo show. He's always holding down the fort. So I definitely got a lot of love for that guy over there. Uh, <laughs> he's great. Shout out to KB came through for a little bit while he was getting his Christmas shopping done. Um, Stay tuned right here on the on the Bears Ballroom or on the Ballroom Radio Network. Uh, I was listening before I came on the Crosstown Crosstalk. We're talking a little bit of Cubs. Maybe they they finally figured out free agency was actually happening, which was I didn't know if they knew or not. The White Sox still might not know. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> so stay tuned right here. We we got you covered. Baseball, football, basketball. Uh, hockey, they, they, we cover it all, man. Here, just just hit that little subscribe, hit that little bell to tell you when we go live. And uh, I, I guess we'll just get out of here and leave everybody with a big old bear down. But hold on a second. I've got one more video to share with you, and that's from a lot of the shows and a lot of the hosts who were unable to be with us today. So we'll close out the show with that video. And on three, I'll, we'll say bear down, all right? One, two, three. Bear down! Bear down, mate. <laughs>